Voy a ponerme la vacuna Prevnar 20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica, la cual pudiera llevarme al hospital. Así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar 20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20enespañol.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar20. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.
somewhere in space-time, loosely labeled Generation X on planet Earth. And asking questions of you, in earnest, into the digital darkness. Good evening and welcome to Troubled Minds Radio. I'm your host, Michael Strange, and hello to all of you who may also have troubled minds. What's going on, guys? It is Thursday night, which is one of the nights we get together and talk about all the things we're not allowed to talk about. We do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific. What are those things, you may wonder? Aliens, conspiracy, the paranormal, the government, academia, the 24-hour news cycle, propaganda, and the general feeling that we live in the upside down. Got another doozy for you tonight. As we march inexorably on toward Halloween, All Hallows Eve, got something a little spooky in mind for you. As usual, right? Troubled Minds isn't the normal sort of thing where you get together and talk about, oh, I don't know, something. Kind of, you know, very, very generic topics in terms of uh, all those things we just described. We'd like to throw them in a blender. Look at things from a different way. Talk about angles. Talk about does is this stuff related in any way? Even aliens or the paranormal or any, talk about the ancient pantheons of the gods. Talk about why the Greek gods possibly are back into the zeitgeist, which we'll get to. That's coming up on a, on a show probably after Halloween. I mean, there's a lot of this sort of amazing mythology and folklore that happens. It just it's just part of part of the human story that goes back thousands and thousands and thousands of years, which is incredible, right? Absolutely fantastic. And hold on, let me make sure. Okay, okay. I always scare myself. Uh, I've been known to, to to talk muted for ten minutes at a time because I get into my zone. I start to go into my my trance. My my yeah, anyway. All right, so everything's good. We should be good. Everything's fine. All right. So back to that, right? All this folklore, all the mythology, all the amazing stories from the past aren't just encapsulated in. A particular area. We talk about this a lot. We talk about how the different, let's say, for instance, Bigfoot in the Yeti, right? Bigfoot, North America, Yeti, somewhere out in the Himalayas. Similar, different, similar, different. And so it makes you wonder, like, how much of this stuff actually is true? And in terms of, well, uh, as we like to throw things into the blender and talk about all kinds of things here, and maybe are they related, maybe are they not? And, you know, once again, you know, as always, we do what's called drinking the maybe juice on this show. And all that means is it is the mark of an educated mind to consider a thought without accepting it. That's how I see all of this. Okay, that's how I see all of it. Sometimes I, I squeak out and I'll let you know my true feelings, God forbid, right? But I mean, this is just more of like a conspiracy speculation theater, considering what the world may actually be like in terms of, well, the wildest angles. And that's what we do. That's what this is about. And tell me, are you not entertained? Anyway, we'll get to that a little bit later. But the thing is, right, talking about these things in sort of linear linear ways is fun. But when you start to talk about them and think about them in other ang- with other angles, other references, other ways to look at things, uh, even within other literature. We've talked about Anne Rice in the past. We've talked about Bram Stoker. We've talked about all kinds of amazing stuff. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, which we'll get to tonight as well because it's in the purview of this show. And so, well, why not? And that's what we do. That's that's what this show is really all about. It's about getting together, telling ghost stories by dark of night, and having a good time, uh, hanging out with uh, good friends of ours. So that's what we're doing. So tonight, we've got a doozy for you. We're going to talk about the undead. All right, the undead. 
like we did a couple nights ago. It is Halloween season, and I know a couple a couple undead shows kind of back to back, or you know maybe like a week apart, or a little much. However. However, this one's going to be different, and I do like different. All right, so what we're doing tonight, as usual, this is a conversation. No declaration of truth. We're just looking at some amazing books, some amazing folklore, some amazing ideas, and discussing them. That's it. And uh, there you go. If you want to be part of the show, we do this to include you. It is a discussion, and you can be part of the show. Uh, We're streaming in all the places. I'm reading the chat as we go. This is probably the most interactive radio show on the entire planet, and we can even, you know, extend that to the multiverse because, well, hey, I don't know if there's any, you know, you know, uh, let's say uh, radio shows broadcasting out of, mm, I don't know, what, uh, the seven heavens or something? I, I don't know. Maybe. But correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, anyway, so, uh, or uh, Elysium or, anyway, you get my point. So, okay, so that's what we're doing tonight. We're streaming on Rockfin, YouTube, DLive, Twitter, and Twitch. We're broadcasting live on the Fringe FM. Taking your phone calls at 702 957 That's 702 702- Nine five seven one zero three seven. You can find the phone number and the Discord link at troubledminds.org. That's the official website of the show, and that's where you can find uh, all the things. You can find the merch store. It's uh, you actually you can go directly to that at troubledfans.com. But the link is on troubled or troubledminds.org as well. You can find uh, all the stuff. The social media is there. The podcast is there. All the things are there. You can reach me at troubledmindsradio at gmail. You can call me. You can email me. You can catch me on Discord. You can catch me in all the places because I'm not like most people i'm not i'm not trying to like pop up pop in here give you a bunch of bs answers you know quote answers and then run off and hide i'm right here it's okay it's fine hey it's fine and uh so that's what we're doing tonight we're talking about uh, we're going to frame let's say the undead the entirety of the undead in folklore and mythology and look at it through the lens of one of my favorites Dungeons and Dragons lore. All right. We'll get to that in a sec. So what we're doing is we're doing that streaming in all the places, reading your chat, trying to keep uh, trying to keep a let's say, uh, oh, I don't know, just trying to keep keep a bunch of ideas and uh, keep them rolling here. But uh, we're also in, in, in addition to streaming in all those places we're also broadcasting live on the fringe fm and that's digital radio you can find us on of course fringe.fm you can find us on the the fringe app the paranormal app talk stream live we're in all those places and doing all the things courtesy of the fringe fm and please help the fringe you can do that in a number of ways number one join the discord over there i'm watching the uh the thing and uh oh, oops i didn't get my thumbnail oh damn it uh so i'm watching the uh, the chat over on uh, fringe fm the discord you can go to fringe.fm slash chat that will give you a direct invite and uh you can uh when you pop in there i will say hello because hello hello that's what i do it's a social show this is not a show about the answers this is a show about the questions and getting together and talking about the possibilities so if you pop in i will say hello so please do that fringe.fm slash chat that will give you a direct invite to their discord over there and the other ways to download the fringe app like i said uh, there's many ways to listen to this this show live Again, which is fantastic because we're in all, all different places, people all, all over the world listening to us. And one of those ways, one of the easiest ways is to download the Fringe app. You just download it. It's completely free. All this stuff's free, by the way. The shows are free. All the things are free. It's all free, 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 right? Like I, like I said before, it's hard to beat free. But the thing is, with the Fringe app, uh, not only you can find it in your Android or Apple app stores, it is free, and you can get this show, 7 p.m. Pacific, Monday through Thursday, 
7 p.m. Pacific, smash the button, smash play, you'll get us. You'll get me, you'll get these conversations, but you also get the rest of the amazing stuff that happens on the Fringe FM, which is, of course, after this show, live is Joe Roop. Live after that is uh, two hours of Joe Roop lighting the void. Two hours live after that is the Jess Rogie show. It's hard to, it's hard to beat it. Three, six hours live radio, five nights a week. Um, we get Shift Happens, GG and JP on uh, Friday night in the Troubled Minds, same time slot, 7 to 9 p.m. So there's just fantastic stuff and uh there you go it's it's hard to beat and so download the fringe app smash the play button you get us you get everybody and there we go let's roll this all right so what we're doing tonight again back to this now now look we all know about ghosts right we've talked about on this show we've talked about poltergeists we've talked about what have we talked i mean we talked about it all it seems like but i mean every time i think we've we've really covered all the things a new angle comes to mind and it, it occurred to me while i was kind of thinking about okay so how do we frame a halloween type conversation in a new and fun way all right we, again we've talked about Anne rice and vampires and sort of that mythology we've talked about the the, the vampire that has the right kind of maybe the New Orleans vampire that's um, supposedly has been alive for hundreds of years. We've talked about uh, ghosts and hauntings and poltergeists and movies and all kinds of things. Right. And so I was like, wait, though, how about this undead, the idea of the undead? So everybody knows the vampire. Everybody knows even, let's say, the mummy. We'll get to that as well. We'll, we'll, we'll incorporate the mummy tonight. Everybody knows right? Uh, The the ghosts, the goblins, right? But there's so many more undead all over the world, right? The world over. Again, you know, the zombie, we talked about the zombie apocalypse and the, the zombie government plan last week or whatever. But I mean, look, beyond that, there's an unbelievable amount of undead creatures. For instance, just going to throw some out as, as an example here of what I'm talking about. Like I said, when we started a revenant, you guys know what that is? You ever heard the term? What about a banshee? You ever heard of that? Right? What about a lich? You ever heard of that? We're going to talk about those things tonight because, like I said, hey, if we don't, who's going to? But so, so I got some questions for you. So we're, we're going to look at Halloween and sort of this spooky undead and the ways you become an undead in that lore, okay? And of course, as you all know, Dungeons and Dragons, that particular lore is based on folklore and mythology of the world and so it's this fantastic stuff like i was we were talking to axel i don't know if axel's out there listening talking to him a couple nights ago he says i don't know the i only know all this stuff because of dungeons and dragons and i said yeah me too really like this this was my you know if 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 i know anything about the occult or monsters or the undead anything it's from D&D. <laughs> it's from D&D. Uh, anyway, so, so that's what we're doing tonight. So I got some. So first, first, my first question for you guys tonight is this. How does one become an undead? All right. How does this happen? Is it again, there's many ways and I'm not going to spoil some of these. I'm looking for you get your guys theories here. And it depends. And the amazing part is there's a lot of ways right? There's a lot of ways. I'm not going to throw them out there. I'm hoping you guys have some, some theories here. But how would you pass from the realm of the living to the realm of the dead and then become undead? How does that happen? Is it possible? Again, you know, in terms of folklore, we can just keep it to folklore. We don't have to do the Ola. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, see, Apox got it right. Do you have to die first? That's a good question. That's a hell of a question. Exactly. See, because because sometimes you don't. 
you don't. And so that's the thing, right? It just depends, like I said. So we're doing that tonight. A little bit of Dungeons and Dragons folklore. What's up? Uh, so yeah, Dogman says Vicky says Banshee. Yes. A Lich. No. Yeah. See, there we go. There we go. So, okay. So that's what we're doing tonight. Okay. So then that's my first question. How does one become undead? And there are a number of ways, depending on which story you're looking at, which folklore, which part of the world, with which which mythology, whatever you're looking at. And again, Dungeons and Dragons has many ways you can become undead. Okay, first question. Second question is, what is your favorite undead monster, creature, spirit that most people probably don't know about? Again, I mentioned three that probably people haven't heard of. A Revenant, a a Banshee, and a Lich, right? Dungeons and Dragons people will be very familiar with those three things. Maybe not super very, but, you know, they've probably heard of them. And so what about the masses? Do you guys know what a Revenant is? A Banshee? A Lich? Anyway, so what is your favorite obscure undead monster that nobody knows about? That's what I want to know. If you have one, or let's say if you don't, let's say uh, done, you're not you're not a uh, undead connoisseur, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> let's say you're not that. But let's say, what about your? Uh, if you don't have that, how about your favorite undead monster from pop fiction, from movies, from whatever books, whatever that that, that could include the the, you know, the Dracula of old. That could include Frankenstein, Mary Shelley. That could include. You name it, right? Okay. So anyway, there's there's a second question. Okay, number one, I, I'm more interested in obscure stuff tonight, right? Things that most people may not have heard of, and I got lots of examples. A wraith. What's up, Bobby Broadway? A wraith is a good one. We, we, he's on the list. All right. Okay. So uh, as usual, right? All my links are in the description down below. So you guys, if you want to do, do some cheating and take a look at that, you can take a look. Uh, so there we go. And number three, let's see. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that a little bit later. There's some more questions. I think those are the first the first two fantastic ones. We're going to talk about just some of this ideas to start some of these ideas. And then we'll, uh, we'll just keep on rolling here. So if you want to be part of the show, 702-957-1037. That's 702 702- Nine five seven one zero three seven. Click the Discord link at troubleminds.org. We'll put you on the show. All right, let us begin. Let me grab this. I was supposed to grab this and put it in the fringe chat. Now I did, and everything's fine. And here we go. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, da, da, not the part in the. Oh. <laughs> A friend of mine just uh, commented on my thumbnail. All right. All right. Let's roll it. Let's get the. Let's get the hell to this. Let's start here. Oh, and I'm calling this, by the way undeath's final form and we'll get to that and i think i know what the answer to that is but i also want your take on it what do you think the ultimate undead manifestation is let's say your regular ghost is everybody knows about a regular ghost all right but what is the ultimate manifestation of an undead entity period there we go undeath's final form let's start here and this is where i got the uh, the actual title from which is absolutely fantastic because uh, the the D stuff is amazing let's go to blackcitadelrpg.com undead creatures fifth edition yeah our full list and searchable guide listen to this this is straight from the article the undead from shambling skeletons to the arch lich vecna himself everybody knows vecna now don't you are one of the largest, most diverse, and terrifying categories of monsters in Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. Whether you're robbing your first tomb, facing down hordes of ravening zombies, or killing Strahd himself, 
The undead are sure to be a constant threat in an adventurer's life, whether you're first or 20th level. In this guide, again, link in the description, Black Citadel RPG, we'll be giving you some broad guidelines for using undead at every tier of play, as well as highlighting some of our favorites to use and reuse time after time at the table. Lastly, and this is the part that made me go, yes, this is what we're talking about tonight. We've got a pretty comprehensive list of all the undead in 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons just to show you how downright huge this category of monster really is. And now you know what was on my mind, where we started. We'll get to the list here. So the questions. We'll get to the questions and momentarily. I just asked them. Let's roll. Uh, we got this. The first thing that always strikes me about the undead is just how many different kinds of ghoul, ghost, skeleton, specter, zombie, and other lifeless horror there are lurking out there in the darkness. There are a full 185 monsters scattered throughout official 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons sources. As a dungeon master, that's a huge heap of possibilities to choose from. Think about that. 185 undead creatures. And now you know why I'm interested in, well, this topic. Because, again, you heard of a lich, you heard of a wraith, you heard of a zombie, of course. You heard of a revenant, you heard of a banshee. And that's just a small handful. All right, here we go. Uh, The one thing I really love about the undead is just how perennial they can be as a type of opponent. And, of course, that actually resonates today in pop culture. And, uh, again, The Walking Dead, that series, right? And the rest of that. Anyway, here we go. So let's, let's get to it. So this is an interesting thing, too. Now, the thing about Dungeons and Dragons and the undead is they all seem to be based on this subclass of or, or a higher tier class of all in the same umbrella, right? All in the same umbrella. What's up, Red Rebel? He says, are we not capitalism zombies over on Rockfin? Maybe. I, I, hey, I, I want to be a capitalism lich, though. How about that? In any case, we'll get to the lich later. So here we go. We got some common undead traits. And I want to make sure we're on the same page here so we all have the, the full definition of what encompasses the undead, including, yeah, all, what was this, 185 undead critter, critters, okay? Here's some of the undead, common undead traits straight from Dungeons & Dragons, okay? Despite their dizzying variety, many undead from the lowly zombie to the archest archlich, see what they did there, some share common traits. If you're a player whose DM loves throwing all things mostly nearly dead at your party, consider this a survival guide. Number one, poison immunity. Virtually all undead, probably because they don't have any blood left to contaminate, pay absolutely zero attention to poison damage and poisons. All right, there's number one. Poison immunity. Number two, condition immunities. Much like poison, being dead relieves many creatures of the drawbacks of living. Aha. Many undead monsters are immune to conditions like charm, exhaustion, and poison. We just talked about poison. Rarely do the undead require sleep, food, water, or even air to breathe which makes you wonder about mm, underwater undead. Mm, Interesting. Anyway, uh, there we go, condition immunities. And then we've got mundane resistance and immunity. The undead also tend to resist or flat-out ignore bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage. All right? against all straight from D&D. The notable exception here is damage coming from either magical or silvered 
weapons. All right. We've talked about silver weapons. Matter of fact, pinned on the top of Rockfin there is uh, our episode about silver weapons and why they, they actually supposedly work against the undead. And there's some actual interesting lore that goes behind that that seems to fit not just old school folklore, mythology and whatnot, but also there's some bizarre scientific things that maybe make you wonder if somebody somewhere along the line stabbed a zombie with a silver dagger or something, and it worked. In any case, uh, here we go. Other undead are vulnerable to fire, like mummies, bludgeoning, skeletons, or radiant damage, and virtually all can be turned or even destroyed by a cleric's turn undead ability. All right? Turn undead, of course, is a cleric spell. A cleric is basically a holy person uh, in the service of a deity greater or lesser deity in dungeons and dragons and they the good clerics have this ability called turn undead or uh, resist evil things like this turn evil spells like this where they can if you're powerful enough when, when you're a low level cleric you cast a spell and the undead are repelled if you're powerful enough high enough level when you cast turn undead you obliterate them so in any, in any case, what's up, guys? Hope you guys are doing well. We're just hanging out talking about Halloween in a fun way. Undeath's final form in Dungeons & Dragons. So we're looking at Halloween through the lens of D&D and folklore, mythology, the D&D rule set. We can talk about that. We can talk about whatever you want. But the reason I wanted to bring this up is because there are 185 undead monsters in Dungeons & Dragons. And most people, like I said, only really know about four or five or six or maybe ten undead critters, creatures, whatever you want to call them, ever. So, hey, my question for you tonight, number one, what is your favorite obscure undead creature? It could be from Dungeons & Dragons, it could be from movies, think Banshee, think Revenant, think Lich, we're going to get to the Lich tonight. And of course, the second question is, well, we'll get to the second question later because I forgot what it is. Love to hear your thoughts on this. What do you think regarding D&D, Undead, and uh, the Death's Final Forum? That's the other question. We'll get to that in a sec. You're listening to Troubled Minds. I'm Michael Strange. Don't go anywhere. More Dungeons & Dragons, Halloween, the Undead, and your calls when we return. Be right back. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. 
Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome back to Troubled Minds. I'm your host, Michael Strange, and we're streaming on Rockfin, YouTube, DLive, Twitter, and Twitch, and we are broadcasting live on the Fringe FM. Tonight, we're taking your phone calls as we discuss obscure undead monsters, entities, whatever you want to call these. What's your favorite, or let's say, most terrifying undead monster you think nobody has ever heard of? We got some amazing ones in the chat already. And we're looking at this through the lens of Dungeons & Dragons. Because, of course, right? Why not? Like I said, it's fun to kind of look at things in different ways. And D&D is one of my favorite games of all time. Because just all the genius that went into that folklore and mythology. And all the stories that they compiled over the years of really taking sort of a paranormal reality and turning it into a playable game with all the lore and all the, the rich history that, that goes into all this. And uh, it's amazing. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, just trying to pull out like an old school monster manual, open it up, flip through it, read some of the things, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Love to hear your thoughts here. A few questions. Number one, what is your favorite obscure undead monster, D&D or otherwise? Number two, how do you become an undead? There are a number of ways, right? So we'll talk about that as we go tonight. Number three, what is the pinnacle of undead beings or undeath's final form? 702-957-1037. James in Michigan. What's up, my friend? You're on Troubled Minds. How the hell are you? Go right ahead. Test, test. Am I muted? Hold on. Uh, oh, you're good. I think we're good. James, James. Uh, are we good? Yeah, no, I think we're good. I hear you. What's up, bro? Welcome. Okay. Welcome. How are you? Happy Thursday. Yeah, good. Um, great topic. I have one that I think is common in that I've seen it in multiple things, but I think it gets overlooked, maybe in some cases, and I don't know what the technical term would be, but it's basically just skeletons, skeleton soldier kind of things. They're in so many different um, uh, fictional things, stories, games, you know, movies, 
it's just basically a, a, a skeleton with a consciousness or a spirit that is attached to it still or somehow. Either still or a new one is added to it. But that to me, and then it moves, but obviously it has no um, muscles, you know, no, no nothing to to support it. Okay. Uh, do we know what this critter's called? There's no name to this. I, I do not. I I've just I've never really seen like a one name, um, so I don't know. But I've seen it in fantasy. Heard about it in fantasy stories, just different different ones. I've seen it used in games. Um, there was a movie I saw years ago. I think it was connected to, but not maybe not necessarily part of the series. But it was. Um, Army of Darkness, which has um, it's the it's Ash from the Evil Dead series, and in that movie he ends up. <laughs> it actually involves time travel. He ends up getting sucked back into the past, and um, just uh, being just deposited in this in this ancient medieval kind of setting. And, um, oh, and actually it's, uh, the book that is, I believe the book he was studying in the beginning of the movie, um, was the Necronomicon or a version of it anyway. And that's part of what opened that portal that sent him to the past. And then there's this, um, kind of like a zombie warlord kind of character who is like more like zombie, like in that he's not like the regular skeletons, but he commands, an army of skeletons. Okay. Um, and okay. I just, I just wonder about that. Yeah, you know what that reminds me of uh, the the, uh, the 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 walkers behind the wall, right? The the Night King from Game of Thrones. I know you're not a fan; you haven't seen it, but he uh, after the battle, right? Like it's it's uh, he he sends in the zombies to kill the people, right? And then they kill they, the big fight happens and they kill all the people or whatever and some get away. But then when it's all done, he just raises them all, the dead people and the zombies. So now like his his uh, his army is doubled. It's absolutely crazy, absolutely crazy, crazy good stuff. It's uh, anyway like crazy terrifying good. I guess <laughs> let's let's oh, quantify wow. that, that properly. Amazing. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's what yeah. reminded me. Like has has control over other entities like that. That's pretty wild. It is, and it's um. You know, it's funny, I've I've seen them in just a couple of games that I've seen them in is like um, the Diablo series of games. Um, I've seen them in there, just basically skeletons that have ar- armor and weapons. Um, and then also, ironic enough, I've seen them, they're in Minecraft and in Minecraft dungeons. They have um, skeleton archers that... Uh, are in the game that you know you have to deal with yeah the good old-fashioned so. skeletons from like uh, jason the argonauts type of thing right where the, i don't know if you've seen that old ancient movie <laughs> it's it's just super old but they had like the, the the i don't know if it was claymation or 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 you know those just just a really crappy uh you know the very first movie effects where they were fighting uh, jason the argonauts fighting these skeletons with swords and shields and armor and whatever it was just, i mean it, it it was goofy because because of the, the effects, but I mean, you know, it's still awesome because well, there wasn't anything else back then to to watch something like that. Right, but just the idea of how does that mechanically work, you know, 
I mean, even if there's a consciousness attached to it, that's that wouldn't I wouldn't think that'd be enough on its own to make a skeleton move. There would have to be some other kind of energy there in addition to that. Um, or some kind of magic, some kind of other energy field that's being generated or, or used to make that possible yeah, for yeah. these things to move around. Yeah, some sort of uh, some d- deep, dark magic, right? Magic from the before the dawn of time or whatever, as I like to say, uh, or and rip off from C.S. Lewis. But 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 yeah, I don't know. So so it, there's and that's the thing, too. So so, James, you, you've seen and heard a lot of these paranormal stories. Uh and so there are different iterations of all this stuff. Like again, you know, the poltergeist, the banshee, uh, like you said, maybe the skeleton and they're, you know, they clearly don't have muscles to move them around. So there's some sort of maybe deep, dark magic animating them or right. Is it something different? So, so what, what are your theories on how you become an undead or in clearly folklore? I'm not trying to make anybody an actual undead. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it comes down to, there has to be some kind of controlling force, um, whether it's magic, whether it's, um, I mean, I really think it does come down to some kind of magical or um, supernatural ability that someone has to have. I mean, there are exceptions, I think, even though, even with the exceptions, like with um, with Frankenstein, you could say, you could say maybe that's all just science, except there's also lightning involved. So that's still energy. <laughs> so even if it's not necessarily from Dr. Frankenstein himself, there could still be some kind of. Um, we've talked about. I've talked about this before. There's there this ener- the way energy moves, we and the way weather seems to act sometimes. It makes you wonder if, if there could be some kind of consciousness or spirits that move through lightning, and if that did help animate um, Frankenstein or even other beings as well. I mean, I guess that could happen on its own. Maybe it's not all about control. Maybe if it depends on the right set of circumstances, I wonder if, if a storm uh, if a lightning storm could um, lead to something like that, where the energy passes into someone or into the remains of into someone's, you know, remains after they passed. Um, and then somehow that they they come back to life. That maybe that could be a source of um, zombies without some kind of controlling mechanism there. Oops, muted myself. Yeah, I would think that uh, again. You're talking about Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. How you know the, the, the different parts and they put them together and then shocked lightning into him. And and it makes you wonder, right? Eventually, when we do sort of we're able to resurrect the dead. All right. We've talked resurrection before. That's really not what the show's about, but there's going to be some sort of like electrical shock that goes into them somehow, some way you have to put a spark back into the, the vessel to, to shake life back into it. And that even happens with like a, you know, cardiac arrest or like they have those paddles and they're like pumping electricity into you to like kind of shock your heart back into, into beating. So, I mean, pretty wild stuff there when you think of it in terms of just maybe natural phenomena that could actually, well, maybe possibly wake up the dead. <laughs> like, like, let's say like, let's take what you're saying to just one step further and say that maybe there's this bizarre, a uh, graveyard somewhere where they have, uh, I don't know, let's say uh, there's a meteorite or something underneath it that has like this highly conductive something. And so 
lightning comes, strikes it, strikes the graveyard, and sends this shock up into the entire graveyard. And boom, they're all Frankensteins digging out, wanting to come home. <laughs> Great stuff as always. What, what else you got for us tonight, my friend? Sounds almost Lovecraftian in yeah. a way. Yeah, right? Um, yeah, and even just meet, just there's that's in a couple of his stories where things come down from the sky and land and or make holes in the ground and then the surrounding plant life and animals and even people start acting weird because they've been um, affected by this other intelligence. So I'm sorry, that's getting off off of the topic a little bit, but let's say something like that did land in a graveyard, you know, or in a cemetery. Um, Or it, um, because also the other thing is, not all cemeteries or graveyards are, have people buried completely underground. In some locations, they can't be buried underground because of various up. water levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's 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 why they do it in uh, uh, Louisiana and whatnot. Some of those places that are swamps because they put them up in the stone like a like a stone structure that, that's crypt, I guess, or what would you call that? A mausoleum or something to that effect. Yeah, and you would do that because. If you bury them, the water table just pushes the body back up in the spring or whatever when it when it starts to get wet again. I laugh, but I mean that's super not funny. Yeah, and uh, there's another thing too: stone. I mean, electromagnetic energy. In some cases, we know that those can can contain or, or affect those kind of energies. So, and uh, there's all kinds of different stone in a, a cemetery or graveyard. So, there's that as well. But um, I see Derek is there. I, I, I want to let him go. I don't. I know he has work. So, but um, I think that's it anyway. So I think I'm good. Right on. You're the best. I appreciate it. James here, a good friend of mine, good friend of the show. You guys know him. You guys know love him. He's got a podcast. He's got a YouTube channel. He's got a TikTok. He's got all the things. Check it out. He's got a podcast called Salcedo Paranormal. Link is in the description below. It says follow James here. All his links are in one spot. Please, if you don't have accounts in those places, follow James. James, you're the man. Thanks for listening. Thanks for chiming in. Uh, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Have a great night. Thanks a lot. You too. 702-957-1037. We're talking about undead, right? But not just regular undead, right? Mummies, uh, what? Zombies, vampires, werewolves. We can talk about those too. However, right? What about the, let's say, little known undead? Like, let's say a banshee. Let's say a revenant. Let's say a lich, right? Just for example. And there's plenty. There's actually one APOC dropped in here real quick. And uh, let me read this real fast and we'll get Derek on. The, the Crawling Apocalypse. I'll pull that up in a sec. It's a mummy variant. You probably never heard of it. It's from Dungeons and Dragons. We'll pull that out. Uh, what do you think? Uh, Derek, are you popping in to say hi? Are you popping in to listen? What's going on, my friend? How are you tonight? The Night Stalker. You, you. Going on? Great show, Mike. Great, Thank you. Great call, James. Thank you very much. Uh, what do you think? What's going on here? What's your favorite bizarre, unheard of undead? Oh, man. It's tough. Uh, we got a... Uh, unexpected truck tonight so i'm like kind of scrambling here so i didn't have a good chance to like really really dig down deep but off the top of my head um i did find a couple of just random things i'll, I'll list off but off the top of my head first um you asked like what the favorite is and like i'm a big buffy fan i always bring up so obviously like vampires kind of fall in this category and that's a, a whole different type of uh type of of undead it's like it's like being touched by uh by something demonic or whatever so it's like something otherworldly like in, in the buffy mythology the first vampire was like as these old ones were being cast out, they were like bitten 
and like they had, had their or they had their blood mixed with these like ancient monsters. So it's almost like this kind of ancient monster type like curse, like blood transmission thing. It's kind of so you're connected to the other side. In that in that case, it's more than just like being bitten by a vampire. So I think it's kind of cool. Um, but then like I was trying to think of weird different types, and randomly like last month, um, I watched like all the pirates movies, all the pirates of the Caribbean movies randomly, and. They're, they're pretty good. Like I, they were uh, when I was in high school. So like I have a fond, fond memory of them, but they're especially the second and the third one are like super Lovecraftian. And now kind of like knowing all that and being more into that now, uh, it was pretty cool. And they're like, basically just like these eldritch horrors and stuff. So for the first one, and like this whole thing is, it would be the category of like curses. They're like undead because they're cursed. So in the first movie, um, the curse of the black pearl or whatever, the, 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 the pirate crew, went and like got this aztec gold and because they like stole the gold they were cursed they couldn't like eat anything they couldn't drink anything they couldn't find any pleasure and they couldn't die so they were like living and dead at the same time and then in the second one you have like davy jones and like his crew and stuff so davy jones like is like is like cursed to um guide the living like in the dead like 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 bring the souls of the living across to the, to the world of the dead but he kind of like wasn't following his job like he wasn't um going along with what he was supposed to be doing so he became this kind of monster he became this weird octopus face thing and his crew were all kind of they, they started to have coral grow all over them and they were these just weird eldritch monsters that like that like you can't they can't be killed then they're not dead they're like cursed to work on this ship for like hundreds of years or eternity for some in some cases but you can't they can't be killed they're not alive they're like have barnacles all over them it's just this weird creepy creepy thing and it's just that's a it reminded me a lot of like in the avengers uh infinity war when thanos is trying to get the uh sorry for spoiling all these things but at this point they're, they're pretty old but like so so thanos is trying to go get the soul stone and he brings like gamora to like just like plane of whatever this other planet or whatever it is and sitting there is the red skull who like supposedly like died in an earlier movie by like he was like burned up by the infinity stones so he's neither living nor dead, but he's eternally cor- cursed to like guide people to the soul stone. Like guy, he, like he says, he's eternally cursed to like guide them to a tre- to a prize they'll never get. Basically, so he's not alive, and he's but he's also not dead. Um, it's just that's I'm rambling real bad and pacing back and forth. But does that makes sense. Uh, and I got some Lovecraft ones real quick. Yeah, no, no, makes makes sense. Uh, it's it's so bizarre where when you kind of look at uh, again curses, you look at uh, you know necromancers raising, you look at uh, like James said, lightning and Frankenstein. By the way, in Dungeons and Dragons lore, Frankenstein is actually a flesh golem. I mean, and there's there's oh, well. these things that kind of uh, parallel to not just again modern stuff like you're talking Buffy. We're talking you know again Mary Shelley. We're talking all the rest of this stuff. There is yeah. a, a parallel to almost every single thing we're talking about in Dungeons and Dragons rules. They've got it. Like I said, yeah. 185 undead. It's absolutely wild. I'm going to get to some super bizarre ones. You guys have probably never heard yeah. of. But uh, but yeah yeah no you're 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 spot on. You're clearly in the right place. But uh, so I, I figured, go ahead. Go ahead. When, 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 I, when I was when I did like a quick like like three minute like research like I, I, there was a lot of like zombie stuff and different variations of zombie stuff. So I wanted to like toss out a little weird one like the idea of curses. Like they're not they're not zombies per se, but they're just they can't. You can't. They can't be killed, and they're not. They're not living. In some cases, literally, they can't sustain. They can't sustain themselves. They're like if it's if it's all these categories, and uh, but then also like you mentioned that kind of the the uh, what'd you call it? Like the the golem. Like, what was the Frankenstein term? That term you used the, Fle- the uh, flesh, flesh golem. golem or something? Flesh golem. Yep. Yeah. 
so that reminds me of Stranger Things season three, where like um, the mind flayer or whatever is like mushing up these people and like literally like turning them into mush and then creating this and like molding this mush together so he can kind of puppet this kind of mind fl- this mind flayer mush monster from the other side, you know. So it's like Frankenstein to the Lovecraftian extreme, where they're like instead of stitching together body parts, they're stitching together or they're literally just mushing people together in this, in this giant. Most monster thing, pretty weird. Yeah, yeah it was um, cats and stuff too, right? It was animals and whatnot. It, it yeah, yeah, everything. There's all yeah. kinds of uh, organic life. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then, again, this is like super quick Google, and I just uh, I found some um, different types of Lovecraftian zombies, and there's all different kinds of weird, weird ones. He has uh, reanimated kinds, which is from like the Reanimator, which is like um, like a scientific experiment gets them get them, get them alive and stuff. And then there's um, Children of the Sphinx which are kind of mummy-like, but again, it kind of ties into these curses. And um, it says in a lot of these cases, they've like tied together um, different parts of animals and people and all kinds of stuff, just any kind of organic life in order to like serve a role as like the guardian of these tombs and stuff. And then the Mbe, the uh, Y-M-B-H-I, Mbahai, or whatever, are um, like a second-class slave of reanimated corpses. The old ones knew how to make a corpse into an autom- uh, automaton, which would last almost indefinitely and perform any sort of work um, desired by streams of thought, which kind of seems just like a regular thing. They're, like, they're kind of they're calling them uh, raised by super science, which is like a combination of atomic energy, medical, chemical, bio- biological science, biomechanics, and sorcery. And then there's uh, reanimated by hypnotism, um, zombies from essential salts, using essential salts to like, create these undead monsters. Um, servant of Glakai, so kind of again like these deals, you're making these deals where you don't die, you don't you can't you don't cross over to whatever this death realm is, but you're not alive either. You're like cursed to either serve a purpose, serve a ruler, serve Davy Jones in the pirate's case. Um, but you're caught in this midway point, and it seems to be like not an ideal place to be, you know. Um, lurkers, it's kind of the same thing. It's like a um, like a cryptid version of like a undead thing, like a like a zombie dwarf or something like that. Um, and then, uh, the evil dead, um, says here, unlike the zombies and leeches described as above, the evil dead are strictly speaking, actually demonic or alien spirits who possess an animated a body that do not, uh, that do not belong to them in life. In most cases, these undead beings have quote, come back wrong. Their bodies possessed by malignant demonic or alien intellects empowered through black magic or some other unspeakable art, um, to enter the other plane. And they have, uh, the deadite, the um, which is like a possessed by alien or demonic spirit, um, the strange eldritch powers, the vampire, the crawling ones, the dark ones, the dibic. Um, yeah. Um, sorry. You're good. You're I'm, fine. You're fine. I'm distracted, just distracted no, here, but my no, boss is calling me. That's cool. Um, and I, no, during my, during my uh, like trying to find stuff, I saw um, one from D and D that was the, uh, the the night walker, but I couldn't find a good description of it. But shout out forties. If you don't mind, could you uh, explain the Nightwalker? Did that pop up in your list at all? And uh, as a different, as a form of undead thing, uh, it didn't. It didn't pop up in my list tonight. I didn't go that deep, but I can. I can try and pull oh, it okay, up okay. and talk about okay. it. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll put it on the sorry, list. Sorry, sorry, I'm not. I'm, I'm not prepared, but uh, I figured uh, it'd be fun to have a. Because forty calls me Nightwalker and stuff. But, yeah, I got right. it. Can I, I hang on it. to the? Uh, 
That's of course, here. Sorry for rambling. You, you, you don't even need to ask, brother. Anytime you want, just yeah. pop on in and just uh, just let me know so I don't say, Derek, you're up, and you're not you're not ready to be up. So it's all good. Appreciate Thanks, it. Uh, of course, Sorry for being uh, all over the place. No, nah, you're uh, fine. You're fine. You were not. You were you hey. were spot on here. Uh, Derek here, a good friend of mine and good friend of the show, uh, The Night Stalker. You guys know him. You guys love him. He's got a YouTube channel. Check it out, please. Link is in the description down below. Give him a follow. He's got one video. One video on his YouTube channel. It's a trailer of him actually stalking groceries, as you would expect. S-T-O-C-K-E-R, not the stalker. Like we're going to do the Nightwalker from fifth edition. We're going to get to that. I just pulled it up. We'll get to that in a sec. But so please give Derek a follow. We're still talking about this. What do you guys think? Talking undead, right? But undead in terms of very, very obscure entities. All right. Including APOC just dropped this one in. This is how weird we can get. This is from Dungeons and Dragons. The crawling apocalypse. A crawling apocalypse is technically a mummy variant but there's no confusing the two. The crawling apocalypse is a reanimated giant octopus or squid covered in spikes and linens. They are vast and deadly creatures that live in the desert, swimming through the sand like water. All right. Now, clearly, I don't know if there's an actual lore that goes along with this. Maybe there's a story. Maybe this is sci-fi. Maybe it's a combination of many things. But there you go. There's one. A crawling apocalypse. And I've got more. i got plenty more we're going to get to. We're going to get to the Lich tonight. Because, of course, the Lich, by the way, spoiler alert, is Undeath's final form. And we'll get to that momentarily. Doing the thing, hanging out, and uh, just talking about Dungeons & Dragons, undead monsters with our close friends. Love to hear your thoughts. What is your favorite obscure, obscure undead monster from Dungeons and Dragons or otherwise. Everybody knows the ghost, the vampire. Everybody knows the werewolf. Well, what about a banshee? What about this thing known as the crawling apocalypse? What about a revenant? What about a lich? We're going to get to those as well tonight. Love to hear your thoughts. What are your favorites? And of course, we're going to hear from you. 702-957-1037. This is Troubled Minds. I'm Michael Strange. Don't go anywhere. More Undeath's final form and a Dungeons and Dragons Halloween when we return. Be right back. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. 
And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You're listening to Troubled Minds. Join us as we discuss an upside-down world that nobody seems to notice. We are talking about healing, the healing abduction phenomenon. The aliens are, are looking through your eyes and they're accessing your optic nerve. I'm doing this. And through that optic nerve, they're transferring to your brain. So maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, and they also feel them planting or receiving memories or ideas or images. Broadcasting live from a secret bunker just off the extraterrestrial highway. Somewhere in the desert sands outside of Las Vegas. From somewhere in space-time loosely labeled Generation X on planet Earth. And asking questions of you Good evening and welcome Troubled Minds Radio. Don't smash the mute switch while you're talking. What's going on, guys? We're doing the thing tonight. As you know, we get together Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific, and we talk about all the things we're not allowed to talk about. What are those things? Aliens, conspiracy, the paranormal, the government, academia, the 24-hour news cycle, propaganda, and the general feeling that we live in the upside-down Doing it again tonight. We're talking about the undead, all right? But not just your normal, vanilla, run-of-the-mill undead everybody knows about. 
we're thinking about undead in wild terms, right? Uh, Derek brought up some Lovecraft. James brought up some skeleton-type stuff, some weird animation of not just energy, but also maybe sorcery. There's some amazing things here to talk about and consider if you're looking into folklore, you're looking into mythology, you're looking into some of these undead entities you may not have ever heard of, but do exist out there. Like I said, here's some more common ones that people have heard of, and this is what we're talking about tonight, sort of in this vein. The Banshee. People have heard of the Banshee for the most part. The Screaming Spirit, right? The Banshee. Uh, another one, a Revenant, which is another type of undead that's not quite zombie. It's more intelligent. Maybe comes back as a way to get revenge on uh, something that happened. Maybe that's more in line with like Brandon Lee and the Crow. Maybe that's a Revenant or something to that effect. Or we're going to get to this one tonight as well. We'll get to this in just a sec. Or the Lich. Now, the Lich is probably the most powerful type of undead because you don't necessarily have to die to become a Lich, but a Lich is an undead monster. So we'll get to that tonight. But as usual, right, we're doing this to include you. Just talking about this in terms of Dungeons and Dragons, just kind of thinking about, well, you know, where some of this mythology and folklore came from, thinking thinking of it in terms of, um, you know, look looking at Halloween basically through the Dungeons and Dragons lens. So that's what's up. If you're into that and uh, you, you, uh, you have an idea or want to talk about this or whatever it is, love to have you. We're streaming on Rockfin, YouTube, DLive, Twitter, and Twitch. We are broadcasting live on the Fringe FM, and we're taking your calls at 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. You can also click the Discord link at troubledminds.org. That's the official website. And uh, there you go. As simple as that. Uh, I don't know. Look, as usual, this is just uh, this is just getting together, talking about fun stuff. And uh, we had a request from, from Derek the Night Stalker, so I found it. We're going to dig this up. We're going to talk about it. For instance, here's a perfect example of what we're talking about. And this is called the Night Walker. Oh, yeah. This is the Night Walker from Forgotten Realms. And Forty's out there. I don't know if he's listening. He usually calls Derek the Night Walker, right? Now, this is, again, let's do it. Let's read it straight from the thing. Let's see if we can do. Nope. Yep. Yep. All right. Immersive reader mode, engage, and uh, we've got this. A Nightwalker is a type of nightshade, a sentient undead monster from the Plane of Shadow, also known as the Shadowfell. It was unnatural and malicious, and it took delight in the corruption and suffering of others. It was a creature of both death and shadows and had enormous power over darkness. Quote, a Nightwalker... But I have never seen nor heard of one so large. Terror lives in its eyes and death in its hands. This foe is beyond your companions, perhaps beyond even me. They are lost, human, as is the battle. It's from That's a quote from uh, Forgotten Realms. And uh, so the description, Nightwalkers were the shades of extremely strong-willed, and evil mortals whose ancient and unyielding will and malice allowed them to hold their corporeal shape. A Nightwalker's body looked as if it was made of shadow stuff with a vaguely human form. They were about the size of a house, but were usually no taller than 20 feet, and their bodies were smooth and hairless. All right, see what I'm talking about tonight? Some scholars stated that Nightwalker's actually originated from the negative energy plane. Whenever an unworthy being attempted to tap into that plane of existence, there was a chance they would be killed outright 
or more unfortunately, sucked within and replaced with a Nightwalker. The number of Nightwalkers in the Shadowfell could be attributed to the connection between it and the negative energy plane. Nightwalkers, of course, were capable of transforming humans they killed into Bodaks through use of an arcane ritual that warped the void energies of the Shadowfell. This ritual would not work on any other plane. Now, a Bodak, see, we got to go to this too, because what is this? A Bodak is uh, what's left of a humanoid that had been destroyed by the touch of pure evil. Uh, undead creatures devoid of personality or souls, Bodaks were cruel and relentless hunters, and basically uh, just a shell of their former human self doing the bidding of the Nightwalker. So there you go. There's the, uh, I actually never uh, delved into the, what a Nightwalker was or is. And now we know, and we got a request. If you guys are interested in a particular Dungeons and Dragons monster, we, we may as well be taking requests tonight. It is live radio and we're looking to hear from you. Now the questions for the evening we're looking at first and foremost, we're looking at obscure undead monsters. All right. That's what we're looking at. And again, it could be from, it could be from movies. It could be from, literature it could be from comics it could be from of course dungeons and dragons that's my main source because like i said i need a t-shirt that says everything i ever learned is from dungeons and dragons and that's well maybe mostly true but okay looking to hear from you 702-957-1037 click the discord link at troubledminds.org here's another one all right so we're doing this we're talking about uh these these different monsters look at this one you guys have probably never heard of this right like i said everybody's heard of mummies everybody's heard of uh ghosts and poltergeists and they've heard of uh, zombies well there's a whole lot of different things going on here so let's pull this up there's something known as a night hag you heard of this uh, on the way we're gonna we're gonna get to the lich i promise we'll get to the lich tonight uh just gonna tease that out just a smidge because that's probably the culmination the end culmination of this conversation all right so the, the questions for us tonight number one what's your favorite obscure undead monster that maybe many people don't know about we've heard la llorona out there we've heard uh different uh, like reanimator type stuff frankenstein counts like whatever it is it doesn't have to be dungeons and dragons it could be from anywhere it could be from anything anywhere and uh i brought a banshee a revenant of course the lich we'll get to the lich in a sec but here's another example right this is why this is so fun because there's so many there's so many 185 undead creatures in fifth edition dungeons and dragons as of recently i get it some of you guys aren't into dnd but that's that's my source because I, I have the most fun with it. I'm having fun tonight. I can go, I can literally go 10 hours on Dungeons and Dragons here just talking about the amazing, the amazing lore and the amazing stuff. So let's go to this. Let's, speaking of Dungeons and Dragons, as always, I'd love to hear from you otherwise, but since we don't have any calls currently, 702 957 1037, let's go to the Night Hag. What's up? You ever heard of this? This is from DD Beyond, the Night Hag. Yeah, an undead, wouldn't you know? Uh, here we go. This is uh, da, 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 da. the Night Hag, let's see, is uh, ba, 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 is an undead. Let's see, uh, where's the thing? Where's the thing? While on the ethereal plane, the, the hag magically touches a sleeping humanoid on the material plane. A protection from evil and good spell cast on the target prevents this contact. 
As long as the contact persists, the target has dreadful visions. If these visions last for at least one hour, the target gains no benefit from its rest, and its hit point maximum is reduced by 5, 1d10. If this effect reduces the target's hit point maximum to zero, the target dies. And if that target was evil, its soul is trapped in the hag's soul bag. The reduction of the target's hit point maximum lasts until removed by the greater restoration spell or similar magic. And I would think a night hag by that description seems very Freddy Krueger, right? Like it actually is there in your dreams and it is trying to kill you. And if it kills you in your dream by depriving you of rest and with this, this touch, whatever that, whatever spell is going on, it's uh well, good game. <laughs> good game. Uh, just talking about Dungeons and Dragons tonight, guys, because why the hell not? Real quick on this crawling apocalypse that uh, APOC shared, of course, because APOC is the apocalypse. The, the crawling apocalypse is a technically a mummy variant, but there's no confusing the two. The crawling apocalypse is a reanimated giant octopus or squid covered in spikes and linens. They're vast and deadly creatures that live in the desert swimming through the sand like water. And there's an, an addendum. She added more. Like mummies, the crawling apocalypse can transmit mummy rot and additionally can paralyze their victims with fear though there are no stats for a crawling apocalypse in fifth ed- fifth edition uh, fifth edition dnd a canny dm could fabricate one based on a combination of the powerful aquatic monsters dnd has to offer or take a look at dnd's tools etc so on so anyway lots lots of things to consider lots to talk about so what is your favorite i'm gonna tell you my favorite my favorite undead monster that most people don't know about is the lich it's a lich it's a lich i'm teasing it because it's amazing we're going to get to that coming up soon here what is yours we're talking dungeons and dragons tonight we're talking folklore mythology we're talking about undead monsters or creatures that most people don't know about just a few to throw out the banshee right the screaming spirit we've got uh, the revenant We've got the Lich. We've got, of course, the Night Hag we talked about. We've got this this monster known as the Crawling Apocalypse. There's all kinds of amazing stuff, right? We'll get to some of the rest of this as we go. Love to hear your thoughts. 702-957-1037. Click the Discord link at troubledminds.org. We'll put you on the show. And let's go to Matt in California. What's up, my friend? You're on Troubled Minds. You, you are a D&D nerd through and through along with me. What's going on, my man? How are you? Hey, Mike. How's it going? Good show tonight. Uh, thank you. Uh, just uh, doing the thing. Uh, I'm having fun tonight. Like I said, I could do this for, for a long time just by myself. <laughs> so much yeah. so much fun stuff to go through. But uh, you do play D&D, right? You are a D&D nerd like I am? Yeah, I used to play um, a long time ago, but I, I know a lot about it. Right um, I think it's cool you're talking about it, though. Um, there's a lot um, in pop culture, and we were naming them off in, just in pop culture in general. It's pretty cool. Uh, one of the things I did play... In Dungeons and Dragons, I did play a necromancer once, uh, which they control the undead. And what I noticed with that, it's all it's all spell based. They're, they're magic creature. And uh, what I noticed was that it's hard to play because you have in Dungeons and Dragons game, you have what they call HP's hit points. And you you know you, if you run out of hit points, you die. But the necromancer. Is constant. You have to balance because they sacrifice their hit points, their life, to cast the spells to like summon, um, you know, a skeleton to fight for them, and then you know, so you're like purposely losing life 
But then you have, and then um, later on, you get spells that can suck the life back out of the of the um, enemy that you're fighting against. So it's a balance. You have to be able to counter what you know. The more spells you cast, the more life you lose. Basically, I thought that's pretty cool how they they did that because you have to be smart when you play that kind of character. You can't just run into battle or you're gonna die. <laughs> you have yeah. to know how to like use your spells. Yeah. So so interestingly, that I guess that would be sort of a form of uh, blood magic in a sense, right? So you sort of have to sacrifice part of yourself to embed it, imbue it into something not alive to raise it to do your bidding right so you you can't do it limitless otherwise you're you're dead too right yeah yeah exactly i think that is blood magic it it is um and same thing with like ravenants in video games as well they're constantly sacrificing you know letting your your um like you could they could do things like if your team member gets hit you'll take like a percentage of the damage to the to the lich to the monster and then you can suck the life out of things later on to not die uh just you have to i don't know how to say it you have to um know how to play that character i guess you could say yeah yeah as usual right you you gotta you gotta know what you're doing or you end up uh collecting firewood like our friend jay (laughs) (laughs) during that during the campaign yeah Yeah, absolutely and uh go ahead go ahead go ahead oh as far as how how do you become undead um i've don't know in D and D how they say it, but in certain movies, I'm kind of spoiling. But like we have the crow, the spawn, the hell spawn movie, and we have um, the scorpion from Mortal Kombat. All those characters are undead, and they have a similar kind of backstory, where um, like the you know the their family gets killed by the bad guy, and they go to hell. And they come back, uh, basically make make a deal with the devil, maybe, and come back to seek their revenge. But of course, there's like twists to it. You know, you, you can't come back as yourself. You come back as a monster, basically. Yeah, the old the old making the deal with the devil, right? The devil makes short deals, as you've said before. Yeah, and uh, that you know that's um I didn't know that about the scorpion from Mortal Kombat because he could like teleport like the spawn can he has chains like a spawn and they show it you know that he that that's what happens he goes to hell and they're like he like becomes he he like tries to like kill his way up the the ladder of of the the hierarchy of the demons and they're like oh we'll we'll let you go back um to earth for revenge if you can you know fight in the tournament in the mortal Kombat tournament for for hell so I, there's lots of stories like that that are just like a person dies and then basically it's like it's for love, right? It's like their their loved one gets killed and they're like for revenge. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the same, same thing that happens to the crow. The crow, exactly. Brandon Lee and the crow, and that that first crow was really good. That was really good. There, like it had that, like so. In my opinion, it had kind of that like perfect dark element where things were a little bit joker you know with his like his, his face paint and whatnot and things were a little bit not serious but things were like also deadly serious it was a uh, very well done unfortunate uh tragic ending there to brandon lee that was terrible but yeah the, the movie was fantastic yeah so there's those stories um as far as what i think how it could happen is magic like i said it's mostly in um, some sort of magic spells 
to be able to be alive and dead at the same time. When we talked about curses, um, things like that. I'm not sure how, how it really it could happen, but uh, I think it's cool just to talk about it because it's creepy, right? Like, even, like, vampires, you know, how is it possible? How how could they be, you know, how is their blood pumped through their body if they're dead? Their heart doesn't beat. These things, right? So, all the lore and all the stuff, we have to take that into account. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's different ways, too. If you look at the Anne Rice lore with the vampire, uh, they basically uh, drink the blood out of you to the point of death and then, like, slash themselves and then feed you your blood back and do that several, three or four times where it kind of flows through them and then comes back into you. And eventually, you become a vampire yourself. And another vampire lore is you are killed by a vampire and then you come back by a vampire or you're reduced to one hit point or zero hit points or whatever it is in Dungeons and & Dragons and you, uh, as a result of that sort of space in between comatose space of life and death, when you do finally gain your strength you arise by dark of night as, as a vampire and the undead under the command of the original vampire that uh, just slew you so i mean there's some, there's some wild stuff here just talking like curse wise don't forget the, the the werewolf they say right is if you get uh, bitten scratched whatever by a werewolf uh next full moon what's up bro <laughs> you, you you also are a werewolf welcome to the club <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Some things uh, it's hard to tell if it's undead or or be dead. Like I say, uh, gargoyles. I don't. I'm not sure about that one. I think I think they would be undead. Look that up. Yeah, exactly. I, and that's. Uh, I think that's but, the thing, right? Like look, looking at some of these these monsters, it's uh, it's difficult to tell which is which. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, just um, good show tonight. Thank you. Uh, like talking about this stuff. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Yeah, me too. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You're the best. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Tell Lacey I said hello, and uh, have a fantastic weekend, my friend. You too. Good night. Thanks a lot. There you go. We're still doing this. We're talking about, yeah, Undeath's Final Form, a Dungeons & Dragons Halloween. And what that means is, hey, it's just Halloween Troubled Mind style, right? Uh, and I think the thing is, you know, creating this show, I always wanted to do some things that were not just fun for me, they were fun for you. But if I'm not interested, you're not going to be interested. So some of the stuff I do is, you know, like, oh, come on, Mike, we don't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons, like Red over there on Rockfin's like, I don't know what he's talking about, the Dungeons and Dragons. It's fine. Listen to the lore. Listen to the monsters we're talking about. Listen, maybe apply it to like some movies. I got an article here that actually talks about different movies, including like that, uh, like I made the equation there of Frankenstein, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein being a flesh golem. All right. Now, a flesh golem, of course, is a different Dungeons and Dragons monster, but that's based on Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. We'll get to that. We can talk about that. But I mean, hey, look, like I said, if I'm not having fun, you're not having fun. So uh, you got to bear with me on nights like this. And that's that. So I uh, love to hear your thoughts. We're talking about what is your favorite obscure undead monster? Because, of course, right, just think in terms of a wraith, a white uh, again, a banshee. We'll talk about the banshee in just a sec. A revenant. We'll, we'll talk about all this stuff. And of course, a lich. And I think that in particular, like I said, spoiler alert, a lich is going to be undead's, undeath's final form. And we'll get to that in just a sec. I see you, Nick, on the phone. I'm going to wait till after the break because I don't want to like start you and stop you because we're literally about to go to a break. So hang tight. We got Nick in California on the phone. And of course, your calls as well. 702-957-1037. Let's go to a banshee real quick. Now, you guys know the banshee, right? The woeful banshee is a spiteful creature formed from the spirit of a female elf. 
Its face is raised in a wild tangle of hair, its body clad in wispy rags that flutter and stream around it. All right. So we got the night hag. We got the banshee. Now, a banshee, of course, in uh, regular terms, like regular folklore terms, is a screaming spirit, right? It's that like La Llorona, like that you get that screaming in the forest. So I, I would say that if you're going to talk about La Llorona in those terms, that's she's probably a banshee, right? The cry, the crying, because she's crying because she lost her children, right? And yeah, the banshees, the banshees was the name of a band as well, indeed. So real quick, uh, so the horrifying visage of the the banshee, each non undead creature within sixty feet of a banshee that can see her must succeed on a DC thirteen wisdom saving throw, or be frightened for one minute. Right, she's got to detect life. She can magically sense life presence of creatures up to five miles away. She's got incorporeal movement. The banshee can move through other creatures and objects as if they were difficult terrain. She takes five to ten force damage if she ends her turn inside an object. So she's basically a ghost, right? Except a ghost with particular powers and that screaming, right? The banshee screaming. We'll get to Revenant. We'll get to Lich. We'll get to, again, hey, taking requests, doing this. What is your favorite obscure undead monster? And like I said, we got a Revenant. We got a White. We got the... Everybody knows the zombies, but what about all the rest of this? We got the Lich coming up. We got the Revenant, plus all the rest. And, of course, you can equate this to movies. We can do that as well. But just love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, so the, so the, the questions for tonight are as follows. Number one, what's your favorite undead monster that most people don't know about? D&D or otherwise. Second, how do you become an undead? We talked about curses. We talked about magic. We talked about may- maybe making a deal with demons or something to this effect. Maybe lightning strikes, things like this, maybe natural phenomenon. What do you think? Love to hear your thoughts. 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. This is Troubled Minds. I'm Michael Strange. More... Undeath's final form, and of course, a Dungeons and Dragons Halloween. When we return, be right back. Don't go anywhere. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should, too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to Troubled Minds. I'm your host, Michael Strange. We're streaming on Rockfin, YouTube, DLive, Twitter, and Twitch. We are broadcasting live on the Fringe FM. Tonight, we're taking your phone calls as we discuss obscure undead monsters. Yeah, that's right. Marching inexorably on toward Halloween. And let me tell you what. I'm pretty sure you're not going to hear a live radio show anywhere out there talking about obscure undead monsters to the, to the effect and to the amount of delving the depths of the monster manual. Love to hear your thoughts, whether you like Dungeons & Dragons or not. What is your favorite obscure undead monster? And question number one. Question number two, how do you become undead? And question number three, what is the end of the undead, let's say, cycle of power if you know what i mean 702-957-1037 nick in california thanks for being patient you're on trouble minds my friend go right ahead hey uh, good evening michael can you hear me all right loud and clear sir perfectly well perfect, perfect. good good great that's fantastic um i can't say that i was the uh biggest dungeons and dragons fan back in the day i i, I kind of had some friends that dabbled in it and i never really got into it so my apologies if I'm not uh, up to par on, on your knowledge and everybody else has called in on that. But um, no problem. the topic itself is, is pretty interesting. You know, you know, undeath and, and the, undead, the obscure undead beings that kind of filter out of that world and then the greater paranormal world. I will say I, I think my, my number one favorite obscure uh, undead being would have to be a wraith. Um, I think ever since I saw... Um, the uh, obviously Peter Jackson's live action uh, adaptation of the Lord of the Rings and seeing the ring rates and, and what they're about. So, you know, when you think, when you see those guys on film, you're not considering them to be specters or um, ghostly in nature, even though technically they are, you know, they're the, um, the, the Kings who have been cursed by the rings themselves and they have unfinished business in middle earth. Um, so that kind of answers your first question, which is my favorite, which is obviously the race. Nice. Um, how does one, I guess, come to become a wraith or some of these other obscure undead beings? Um, I don't know. I, I kind of jumped into this conversation at the tail end, so I don't know if one of our uh, one of the other callers brought it up. But um, the Grim Reaper, right? I think isn't he the most? I mean, even though he isn't obscure in the most strict definition of the term, isn't he the greatest undead figure? I want you agree with that. Yeah, exactly. Like he's basically like death incarnate, right? Or or 
yeah, yeah. I guess maybe that's the way to put it. Yeah. So, so, and, so and, I see where. So, uh, let me let me kind of jump into what I was, where I was going with this. So, sure. when I was listening, you kind of go through the, the manual, so to speak, and breaking down the characteristics and all these different figures and uh, the the lore, the mythology behind some of the characters featured in Dungeons and Dragons, and then again the greater paranormal world. I was thinking to myself. So, after death for for everyone, is it there's some kind of spiritual credit system that kind of determines what you become after you die, right? So in Buddhism, for example, they believe in reincarnation. Um, you know, once you reach that peak level of, of reaching, um, is it Nirvana? Every time I, I'm thinking of the band Nirvana, but I, I believe it's Nirvana. I might be wrong, but there's a very karmic um, system there that whatever you did in life, you kind of reap in death or you're rewarded in death. So I'm thinking, is the Grim, Grim Reaper kind of like the steward that sends us off on our uh, respective paths once we die. So, for example, if I'm referring back to my favorite obscure undead being, a wraith, is that a person who had a lot of dark energy in life, and then after death, they still feel like they have unfinished business, so the Grim Reaper kind of sends them down that path? And is that how it works across the board? Or is it more, you know, going back to some of the things you mentioned, like curses, or, excuse me, or, or black magic? Um, is it almost like a job that we all kind of take on after death. And then once we fulfill that, it, is it again, cyclic where it just passes on to the next and we just go through different phases and it just becomes more um, complex as time goes on. But then what is time to the dead, right? If it's not just a constant stat static uh, place of existence. I mean, that, that's, those are my thoughts on it anyway. Yeah, so so interesting too. Uh, you brought up uh, Lord of the Rings and the Ring Race, right? They were they were sort of bound to uh, a a higher demonic type magic through Sauron, and right his his control of the rings through that one ring through his power embedded in the ring. So it was sort of they were like like undead slaves with like an additional heightened power. But if you remember when Aragorn went through the Pass of the Dead with the Oathbreakers, now those wraiths. They had cursed themselves by breaking an oath. So they were, again, cast out of whatever, whatever afterlife they were supposedly entitled to, even as heroes, because let's say Valhalla, Nirvana, whatever you just like. Nirvana is correct, by the way, I think, in, in terms of what you just said. But, but let's say they were entitled to go to Valhalla or wherever warriors go, but they were oath breakers. And so they, 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 they pulled a dirty deed. And so they were sent back to remain in the world among one particular spot until they fulfilled their original oath that they broke. So I wonder, right, in terms of that, like I said, uh, the karmic system, is it possible that we curse ourselves? And maybe in those terms, you're sent back until you can correct the wrong that uh, you, you actually perpetrated in a lifetime. Maybe that, eh? Yeah, yeah. And when, and when um, you know, again, I'm listening to other folks kind of uh, bring up, again, the, the, the characteristics and the... Uh, Almost, you know, the very unique personalities of each, each being, it kind of begs the question, uh, is our journey through the afterlife in becoming some of these things indeterminable, or is it really up to us while we're living? So then you kind of go into the, you know, the unventured waters, so to speak, of going to the idea of, you know, whether a hell exists or not, and are we determining our own version of hell as we... As, post-mortem, you know, depending on if we do bear these darker energies in life, or like you said, referring back to the characters from the Lord of the Rings, you know, the ring rates were bound 
to the rings that they were given by Sauron and they were cursed. Or, you know, if you go back to Aragorn and the dead that he led and they saved Minas Tirith with their help and all that jazz, but um, they cursed themselves. So it's, it's interesting, but I think that it's, um, it's something that religion has kind of covered in different ways. Um, like I said, I brought, you know, the Buddhist approach, uh, the Buddhist perspective on it. I mean, you guys have brought up uh, Eric Draven and the crow and film and, and other things. It's just, it's it's fascinating because it it would be really be up to us in what kind of spiritual journey we continue after we die. You know, it's like what we do in this life maybe re- will really determine what we even become in the afterlife. I mean, we all just don't become spirits by default. Maybe that's not the case. Maybe we, you know, the more dark, you, the, the darker you are while living, the darker you will be after you die. So some of the worst people that have lived, will they become wraiths or banshees or ghouls? You know, it just maybe depends on the spiritual credit system. And it's interesting where the Grim Reaper is kind of like the, uh, the HR guy. He's kind of sending you in <laughs> what position you're worth and what you're, and what you deserve. I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's something to think about. Yeah, no, man, it's, it's wild stuff. That's why we talk about it. Cause you know, like when, when else can you, like I said, this is not water cooler talk. So it's, it's definitely great ideas. And, and no, I think no, you'll, you'll never, you'll never hear, you'll never hear anything like this uh, on, on mainstream television or radio. This is, this is like, this is, this is unique and fun territory. I'm glad you're covering you. You always, you know, you change things up and I'm glad you kind of covered this tonight right on i appreciate it thank you for listening thank you for the phone call you're amazing nick always a pleasure well yeah thank you michael thank you i appreciate great show everyone thanks a lot have a great night there you go nick in california good friend of mine a good friend of the show yeah yeah uh, great thoughts maybe there is sort of a undead credit system and so think of it in terms of like the most horrific people in history right or you know serial killers or what what have you you know in in let's say uh you know the the western dogma of the the, the christian and like the, you know catholic and this whole idea right there's the heaven and the hell and whatever so if you do horrific stuff you end up burning in like a fire but what if you do things so horrific that well you're recruited and sent back for nice job, right? Now you're now you're like a you know a sergeant for the devil or something, right? I don't know. I don't, like I said, uh, just in terms of like um, the undead and anything else, it's all it's all good by me. Uh, just yeah, seven zero two nine five seven one zero three seven. Fantastic call, Nick. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. And yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh, let's do this. So I, I did promise. Let's see. We got the the banshee, the revenant. Now the revenant, real quick. Uh, I'm going to do that. Then we'll do the lich because I've teased the banshee, the revenant, and the lich all show. So let's do this. So we got the Revenant. This is from a D and D wiki. And the, the Revenant is this, uh, when a Revenant returns from death, it reclaims its mortal body and superficially resembles a zombie. However, instead of lifeless eyes, a Revenant's eyes burn with resolve and flare in the presence of its adversary. If the Revenant's original body was destroyed or is otherwise unavailable, the spirit of the Revenant enters another humanoid corpse. Regardless of the body the Revenant uses as a vessel, its adversary always recognized the Revenant for what it truly is. And this is the craziest part. This is this is uh, Eric Draven. And it's funny you say Eric Draven. I used to make uh, my uh, my I had a uh, football game where you could name like the, the characters and whatnot. And I had I always had like my uh, 
it was a, I think a free safety or in a football game, I'd always name him Eric Draven and he'd be like, he'd be like the dude with like the stats all a hundred and he'd be like zipping around the field. Anyway, it's funny you said that I forgot Eric Draven was the name of the crow until you said that. And it reminded me, I was like, why do I know that? That's why I know that <laughs> it's like a memory that came back anyway. So a revenant now in, the, the, in terms of the crow, the original crow with Brandon Lee, I guess he would be a revenant. Listen to this. A revenant exists only for revenge. They usually come about from people who died with perceived wrongs against them that were went unpunished. As a result, they are tethered by their anger and cannot pass on to the afterlife. Instead, it seeks a material form to possess to carry out its perceived righteous vengeance. However, as it is a spirit which does not belong, its body continually rots with accelerated rejection of the soul, making revenant forms temporary at best. It will fulfill its vengeful desires by any means necessary. And if its adversary is too powerful for the revenant to destroy on its own, it seeks worthy allies to help it fulfill its quest. When its adversary dies, or if the revenant fails to kill its adversary before its time runs out, it crumbles to dust and its soul fades into the afterlife. And there you go. That's a, that's a revenant from Dungeons and Dragons. And you see, so it's like a something not necessarily cursed it was wronged in life maybe through a curse and bound through its hatred to set that straight and that is a revenant all right now a lich i tease the lich the whole damn show we gotta do the lich i see the call i'll get to you in just a sec now a lich in these terms check this out now a lich is the most powerful of the undead think vecna from stranger things vecna is the most powerful lich that actually attained godhood now check this out this is from the Forgotten Realms wiki. A lich was an almost universally evil form of undead spellcaster of great power, usually a wizard, but also possibly a sorcerer or cleric, so some sort of powerful magic user. Liches were feared by mortal beings for their malign magic, their intelligence, and their willingness to embrace undeath for a chance to live forever, or rather exist forever. Because, well, when you're looking in terms of that, life is what life is. But here you go, right? So liches, of course, are typically gaunt and skeletal with wizard, withered flesh stretched across tight, the tight, you know, the tight, the tight rotting flesh across their bones, etc., so on. Uh, but here's the thing. This is how they defeat death. They're not cursed. It's through their powerful magic that they remove their soul from their body and protect it in what's known as a phylactery. The process of achieving lichdom required that the spellcaster construct a powerful magical artifact, a phylactery, in which the lich stored its life essence. As long as this phylactery was unharmed, the lich was immortal and would attempt to reassemble if it was ever vanquished. It happens 10 days within the destruction of the lich. If you defeat it, you can't find this phylactery, which is hidden, of course, in some deep dungeon somewhere. It just comes back 10 days later. It did not, however, grant any of the normal benefits of a phylactery until it was fully completed. For these reasons, liches took great care in protecting their phylactery from harm, employing decoys, traps, and other defenses. So there you go. So basically, a magic user, right, of the highest order is what a lich is. And they defeated death itself not by dying and cursing or coming back with a deal with the devil their magic became so powerful they they were they were able to remove their life force put it into some other vessel and be linked to that 
in eternity and, and, and unless you found their phylactery and, and destroyed it. 702-957-1037, talking Dungeons & Dragons, Undead, talking Halloween Dungeons & Dragons even. What's your favorite obscure undead monster? Love to hear your thoughts. Let's go to Joseph in Iowa. You're on Troubled Minds. Go right ahead, my friend. How are you tonight? Hey, I'm all right. So I got like a story I just heard. Sure. And it's really creepy. So I have family they own uh, daycares. And there was one daycare that like supposedly, I don't know if this is just like a made up story or because they could have been messing with me. I don't know. They're they're fan. I, I believe what they said, but like. Okay, so there was kids like, I don't know how many kids or how long it was going on. I think it was like uh, years even. But in the beginning of the start of that daycare, like kids were talking to something. And the area lady that goes to all the districts, she's real into like all the stuff kind of that you cover on the show. And, you know, I don't know what category that's, that kind of is like paranormal, but she she said it's gone now like the area lady said it's gone or she's gone she said it was a girl and the voice like the kids stopped talking to stuff in that school and it's it really gave me a creep like creepy vibe just hearing that story that's definitely creepy so 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 you're not sure entirely if it's true so so what do you think this thing was though what was there um, I'm not sure what, yeah, like it could be like, like you say, like a state of mind that was looking for entertainment and maybe, maybe it talked to kids, you know, because I mean, you could talk to a kid and like a kid wouldn't go, like if you talk to an adult, they would probably be like, what the heck? what's that? You know, like I got to go to the hospital even like I got a voice in my head uh, or like, you know, it would throw them off. But like a kid, they would just interact back with it. Yeah. Like, like the imaginary so friend, like, like, like it's a disguise almost like they can kind of interact with children sort of freely and not, not really set off any red flags. Right. Like it's a, that that's, exactly. that's, that, that's a theory. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And if it's evil, if any of these things are evil, I mean, they could be evil, but like, if they're out there, anything, I mean, in the eye of right here can be changed. So like, and that's not always a good, that's what I don't like on it. I mean, I start thinking about stuff like that. I kind of like everything to be the same, right? But the world isn't the greatest how it is, so... I don't know. Yeah. Hey, wild it's, stuff, man. It's a, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, it's definitely wild. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Love the story. Uh, what else you got regarding any of the rest of the stuff regarding uh, you ever play D and D or know anything about a, an obscure undead monster you can share with us? I not really. I mean, my own theories are like from just, uh, I would say civilizations, they would come from things that were maybe weaved out of society 
So like how we have it now, like all the kids, they're not as like, even my generation, they're not as active. We're not having as much kids. Like we're dying before we can have kids or like, you know, like we have, if if you have a kid when you're below 18, you know, that that's another factor. And like, it's kind of could be different in the past. Right. And maybe it's a form of something that we were create, we have created, or it's something that we cut out and it doesn't really go away. Like you said, it kind of waits around and like finds its way in through its own, its own ways could be. I mean, I, I kind of go back and forth on believing it in general, but like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Wild stuff. Uh, uh, for the record, I've never personally seen an undead. And so, like I said, this is just a conversation. I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything being real. We're talking about folklore, mythology, all the rest of this, just so you know, right. I, I know you already know you've been with us for quite a yeah, while. A lot of people, a lot of people will believe in themselves to be undead, you know, just from, you know, reading, reading books and stuff. I've seen people even in my life that they believe like, uh, these books, I think, it, I think they were younger, but like they would believe in these, like, like you can get possessed by these books. Like they would like talk about, like, I think the only one I remember was like murmur, something like murmur, like a demon. And they would recite it. And one time they pretended like they were possessed. I don't know if they were actually possessed. I mean, if you're pretending like you are, you're basically possessed, even if you're not or not you know yeah there's a lot to that so you know like making some, you yes yeah, that way yeah like like some people say that like psychosis and whatnot is like like a form of possession it's like again like we talked about yesterday a little bit with that that freddy krueger show that trauma right like it allows something in and the trauma in your life it could rattle you and it could end up causing let's say long-term ramifications just in the in the meat suit but what if it's what exactly like Vecna and Stranger Things or, you know, this sort of a demonic entity needs to kind of come into you? And so it makes you wonder if, you know, maybe there is some of this. I mean, you know, to go back to the Catholic stuff where they're doing the holy water and trying to exercise people that are acting nuts, you know, it's like, well, uh, not to say that there, it was a demon. Right. But I'm just saying, right. Like, right. What, what if it's something? Some, hey, like a lot of people believe demons are real. And that's that's all. I'll just say that. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, you can definitely get into, a, I mean, I get into quite the negative mindset myself. And I can I mean, I can say that I even have, I mean, demons, everyone has demons, but it's, it's like, if it becomes you, then I guess you are possessed. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, or at least and, possessed, possessed uh, by yourself. Let's say that. <laughs> that's, right, that's the best way to put sure. it. Yeah. We got like a minute um, left, my friend. Go right ahead. What else you got? Let me think here. I was gonna. I was thinking about something. What? What? What was the questions? Uh, just uh, your favorite undead, obscure undead. Uh, how do you become undead, and what is the final form of undeath? Uh, yeah. I wonder. I wonder if everyone can like branch off and become their own little thing but like it would suck if like there was like an alice situation like you 
kind of go into a soup like or like a undead world like you know Alice from Resident Evil that's kind of like an undead thing isn't it or is that is that different I'm not sure I haven't played that game since the very first one so I have no idea or seen any of the movies or anything Yeah so they have a uh, Alice it's like it evolved into like control to control all the zombies so then they had militarized zombies like with weapons and like lasers and and then it was all controlled by this one hive mind that's like that's that's basically uh that could be like a master form of undead you know like some type of power i don't know that funnels through everyone yeah sort of that uh is, is something controlling the rest of them animating the other entities you're the best bro we got to bounce we're out of time joseph in iowa i uh, thank you yep. thanks for listening thanks for the great story thanks for the phone call you're amazing he joseph here good friend of mine good friend of the show he's got a youtube channel check it out it's called iowa walks it says follow joseph here link in the description he's a talented musician does very troubled mindsy type stuff please go check it out look as we finish like i said trust me i'm not even sure any of this is worthy of discussion but i'm me and you're you and we're going to do it anyway because nobody tells us what to say nobody tells us what to think just don't 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 go to your psychiatrist and say michael strange sent me here realize this is not real reality this is just us talking okay everybody relax if you're listening to us on the Fringe FM, stay tuned for Joe Roop lighting the void and then the Just Rogie show. If you're listening to us on any other platform, including the podcast feed, stay tuned for some bonus time with Trouble Binds and Jennifer in Missouri. And of course, be sure, be strong, be true. Thank you for listening. From our Trouble Binds to yours, have a great night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. Easy as that, right? Easy as that. Sometimes. 
Sometimes it flies by. I tell you what, like when I was doing the show prep today for this, time just blew by. I was like, oh God, I'm out of time. I, I wanted to do so much more. I wanted to pull out all the different monsters and put them up and I just ran out of time. I was having so much fun. Time flies when you're having fun. And this show went like that tonight. And look, like I said, we're talking in, in always, always, always abstract terms because I'm not the arbiter of any truth. You guys know me, all right? So, but I think it is fun to consider not just uh, the Dungeons and Dragons mythology. It is, uh, you know, marching and extra on toward Halloween. I, I, I t- pulled that phrase out last year during uh, the month of October, which is crazy, by the way. Uh, and here's here's a a uh, a let's say two years on of doing troubled minds on the radio with like a live show and all the rest of this and all you amazing folks is uh i always thought right like oh god you get like imagine doing an entire month of like halloween style or type shows like you just be exhausted of it by the end right but it it goes by so fast because it's so fun i mean if you look at the date right now what what the hell's the date like (laughs) like we even lost one because we had a last thursday a week ago we had like a a, a audio problem that video problem everything problem that we couldn't even do a show but it's already october 20th for crying out loud still having fun still got uh, actual ideas to do for this coming week so hey Hey, it's a thing. It's a thing. Still looking to hear from you. We're talking about this tonight. Well, Jennifer's been waiting, for, so we're going to go to Jennifer in Missouri. And uh, and then, of course, we got time for you if you if you got time for us. 702-957-1037. I said I would go long and wait for Tam Bam if she had to take care of some stuff and hop on here. So we're going to go a little late tonight because it's, it's what we do. It's what we do when we can. And uh, there you go. So let's go to Jen in Missouri. Thanks for being patient. You're on Troubled Minds with Mike. How are you tonight? Go right ahead. I'm good. How are you doing? Doing good. Hey. It's it's that season. It's hard for me to hate it. <laughs> this is definitely probably my favorite season for sure. I, I just love talking about these types of topics and thinking about these things. Especially, I think it's because it's it, it does seem it's something that you know it occupies the mind and it. When you're thinking about it, you can kind of feel that you're going somewhere kind of creepy with it, and it's just a lot of fun. It's kind of thrilling, and so I think that's a big part of it. And then too, you know, there's just so much around us. Like, for example, like talking about D&D and pop culture and everything, but when we're thinking about the undead and all these different types of monsters and stuff like that, it, it they do. It's all borrowed from um, just from our, our actual folklores around the world. And I think that's what's so fun about it is that, you know, even if you imagine it, you know, if you create a monster, there's probably something that's already been described by people that they have seen or <laughs> that's been cited in lore some point in history where they're talking about these things and one of my favorites actually or as far as the questions trying to understand what the undead themselves are or what is it it does seem like that anyone could find themselves in a situation where they are in a state of being undead because it it has something to do with whether or not the the body continues to live in spite of the soul missing or the life essence missing, or you have the instance where the some aspect or the entire soul goes on living in spite of the body dying. So it seems to be some kind of case with when you think about the undead, that it could go in several different directions of what would make something undead. And I think that's really, for me, when I'm thinking about it, at the heart of the matter of what is undead, it's when a, a, a being is divided up and some aspect of them continues to live in in spite of the death of some other aspect. So like say the soul dies in someone, but their body continues to move around 
and they're like a zombie or a vampire. Sort of. I mean, a vampire is a little different from that. But then otherwise, in the case that you have the body has died, but some part of the soul or the entire soul or something that's been trapped by an, an outside influence, for example, like a, a sorcerer or um, another type of being has trapped that part of the soul and is using it as an undead force or a militant force. I think that defines kind of, you know, and how it comes about. It seems like in the instance of a dead body being reanimated, they're putting some other type of power, like a, 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 a either positive. And this is really weird, too, because you can have a, a positive undead and a negative undead in the, in the classic scope of negative and positive. And in fact, even with the lich idea, there can be a positivity to the lich and a negativity to the lich, even though the lich itself sounds like an incredibly evil thing. Because it's simply, the use it's used for is negative by the definition of it. But if you're using it to completely destroy some type of opposition, that's, I don't know, it, it would depend on the perspective of the person sending it out. But anyway, though, as far as like a define, trying to define or understand, it is done through witchcraft and curses, or it's done through some act upon the person themselves, or from one of these beings that's already been existing as a as a a negative entity you come across that has already established itself in this realm of what is undead. But then, as far as like my, my favorite obscurity of monsters I think are the most terrifying of the undead. I think the shadow, because I see this a lot, not only just in the, like, well, you see it all over the entirety of folklore. You have the, the Wendigo, which is like, um, it's, it's something that it, it takes over the mind and the spirit of a living person. It turns them into a hungry spirit, a hungry ghost. And you hear about hungry ghosts. If you go far to the Asiatic countries, actually, that's not just it's everywhere. This hungry spirit thing that will eat people or it will eat their essence to sustain itself. And the same thing applies for the thought forms that they're it's like a thought form. The idea of the thought form is some aspect of the person that has gone out beyond the person. Sometimes they didn't even realize it, but when they were obsessed with something or they were very passionate about something or they were trying to create something to defend themselves with, that piece of themselves takes up on so much importance that it, it becomes its own entity. And then it's like an aspect of that person who it's linked to. If it's not sustained by the host, the originator, the parent, so to speak, of the making of this creature then it will begin to feed on them violently or it will feed on others around them, albeit as a shadow in the case of D&D or as a thought form or a vampire in our own folklore as, as we see it. And the same with the ghoul. And it, it, the shadow in D&D, in my opinion, it does encompass the entirety of it when we talk about shadow beings and Hatman and Wendigo and basically across all the folklores, it talks about this. And so I think that these beings are at the heart of when we are trying to encapsulate what is undead. And it's the idea that any of us could be because 
like even the case of the Choctaw and the, and the in the Americas here, they talk about the Impa, and the Impa is basically exactly like that. It's a soul leader. It's a great black being, shadow being, and it can. These are not just one shadow. It can be. It's basically like you have an outer shadow and an inner shadow, and the inner shadow is all of the negative things that like greed. And, to a certain extent to where you don't care how or what for, but it becomes so powerful, it becomes a life force of itself. And then it begins to sustain itself. Like if another, if it's an actual being though, and that's that's where you have to differentiate it, that it's an actual being that is sustained by the aspects of certain other beings, souls, and it continues to go about feeding on unsuspecting individuals and actually in the D thing you know with the shadow it's really cool but well creepy because it can it it hides in the normal natural shadows and so and i'm thinking about that too when you think about the idea of like a black body a perfect black body thing in the instance of physics and stuff like that it's very like a black hole it's very it's creepy because they absorb all of the different spectrums of all of reality as we see it because all of reality we're seeing is caused by the light and so when you think about a black hole it's absorbing all of it all spectrums of it beyond even invisible spectrums and it's going into that darkness till eventually it puts something else out and that's actually exactly what happens but it's going somewhere and it actually has a levity to it it has a weight and i feel like these beings are the encompassing of that and when you think about the shadow itself, that it is lurking around us all the time, could be, and might have an intelligence about it after it has eaten or devoured so many aspects of certain individuals all over the world. And if you think about the shadow world as Jung talked about it, as Carl Jung talked about it, that there is this realm and then there's a shadow realm too, that's like the shadow body of us all. So my, my favorite undead is the concept of this, that this somehow there are aspects of all of us that in spite of us seemingly moving on into some great light, however it might be, there are aspects that cannot go through to that space. And the same thing with the Wendigo or the Impa, the Choctaw, those aspects or the pains, which is talked about many times in shamanism, they are left behind and it's the parts of the soul that were were corrupted or that had to be left behind that could not pass through the blue flame, so to speak, or the fire of light and go to the other side. So it was left behind on this on some other plane and some other spectrum. And we're always battling that throughout. And that's the cause of many of the woes we're experiencing. And in fact, many of these uh, black magic witches, what they're using are these pains. And that is the power behind their force. And even the lich itself, with the concept of the lich, though it puts itself into a, an object, and that's where it's storing, it's, it's part of itself, as it's, it's its life force as it is. As it's a type of, uh, like, a, the silver cord, so to speak, that people think about many times when they're going out of body. It's that kind of thing. And even though you may kill them over and over, they might die. They may die many deaths, but that they will still con- they will resurrect. We see this many times in our religions. If we think about our religions and our gods and, and of many lores, any lore, they are all a type of lich because they are d- 
defined by the if you you have to destroy some type of object that they're linked to and that is reminiscent of their existence and so i see a parallel there as well but it's a it's an awesome topic and especially good for halloween since halloween is all about our pat the passings of and going beyond the veil and that sometimes we can come back from that veil and I like to think, and I don't know that I would want to be a vampire per se, but I think that could be the fate of of anyone that could not let go or had too much revenge or had too much, well, the vengeance. Or even in some aspects, you have to wonder about the passion because even demons and the jinn and all that, they're, they're ruled by passions. And so it can, there's a positive and a negativity about it that's very... I don't know. And we are all fed by these things. And it just depends on what yours is. And we define what's good or evil about that based off of that, you know, based off of what we define as being our good or our evil. Because many of these, even in serial killers and murderers, um, that's right, I'm sorry. You're good. <laughs> no. it, even... Hey, hey you're, you're on a roll. <laughs> I, no, don't interrupt Jenna when she's on a roll. Just, just continue, my friend. <laughs> go, go, go. Oh, this is this, even when I've heard about cases where there have been mass murderers and serial killers. Well, they'll say that they have killed because then they will live on. The instance being that somehow through that murder of a this is I'm sorry, this is very dark. But anyway, like in the aspect of that, they believe in some weird spectrum that through having taken that life, they have kind of put it in their back pocket as something they're going to live through later. So there's something like that going on as well. And in witchcraft, there's a lot of talk about that for the use of animals and sacrifice itself, that there's some type of feeding of something that you intend to use later, maybe not for a long, long time, but just long enough to get done what you want to have done when the time comes, because it's all about the specter and the shadow. And that, and that's how, in India, India, in the case of the shadow, it, they are kind of a low-level undead, not even actually classical. I think they're not actually classically undead in the first editions, but they become classic undead creatures in D&D later on. But even if you have a, the, the idea of the swarm of the shadow is the idea that you could have several of them all at once come together to accomplish and completely diminish almost any creature and almost any thing <laughs> you know because they just it's an immediate drain of all life force and they prey upon the unsuspecting and especially those who are full of pride and courage because there's always something inside of every person that is not wholly good so i think that there's there's and that could be enough to take anyone down so like a demon in that instance too last sorry but when they go in you know if they find nowhere to sit or settle with an individual they can't stay there because there's, no, there's nothing that the individual feels any guilt or remorse or vengeance about and and that sort of thing. But this is an awesome topic and I'm going to hop off here. And You're the best. Hey, uh, real quick, you don't have to answer right now because I don't want to put you on the spot. But uh, if you want to do that uh, vampire show next week, let me know. Send me a message, okay? I'm definitely in. Okay. That sounds good.
You're the best. You have a great night. Thanks, Jen. You too. Jen, Jennifer in Missouri, good friend of mine, good friend of the show. Check it out. She's got a she's got a YouTube channel. She's got a TikTok. She's got a uh, what is it? Twitter Twitter account. Do the thing. Link in the description. Follow Jen. Uh, follow Jen. Follow all all the people there. Like I said, Joseph is there. Uh, Apoc is there. We got James is there. Night Stalker is there. All these amazing people. You know who you are. Look, they contribute to the show an awful lot, and one not only uh, make my life a, a ton easier by by being here and helping that. That's literally the the most minimal part of this. The most important part of them contributing is you see how each person when they arrive, they they come in and it's like a new energy. They they show up for 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 a moment, for a few minutes, for ten minutes, for whatever it happens to be, and literally the the show takes on an entirely new breath of energy with an entirely new batch of ideas and it's a beautiful thing like i said the ensemble cast whatever you want to call it like please it's not just me please give them a follow all those amazing people Uh, thank you jen for the call thank you everybody else for the calls tonight gonna take a quick two minute break got some other things to get to i see you there james if you got more stuff to add or a night stalker i don't know i know he's just there listening so just chilling so we'll uh we'll uh, take a quick two minute break more trouble minds on the way gonna hit the uh the loo as my friends across the pond say and we'll be right back more coming up don't go anywhere more troubled minds this the is undead D and D stuff and uh well whatever else you want to talk about here we go be right back more troubled minds on the way I'm your host, Michael Strange. We're streaming at Rockfin, YouTube, DLive, Twitter, and Twitch. And we're talking about, yeah, that's right, the undead. The undead. Halloween, as it creeps in closer and closer, the veil thins. So why not talk about the undead? But we're talking about obscure undead monsters. We talked about the Revenant tonight. We talked about the Lich. We talked about the Banshee. We talked about the Nightwalker. We talked about, what else did I miss? I maybe missed something, but that's okay. Because I'm human after all. What do you think? What is your favorite let's say, obscure undead monster, because there's a ton of them, again, just in Dungeons and Dragons lore. And, and this, is the, this is the crazy part, real quick. Uh, over on uh, Rockfin, Johnny said, I don't play D&D or whatever, it's evil, right? Well, if, if that's your thought, to be perfectly honest, Dungeons and Dragons, the lore is based on, probably in large degree, fiction and folklore of the real world. Just, just to throw it out there. That's, that's the truth. So if you look, right, like, like if you say, oh, Mike, but there's elves. Okay, well, where did that come from? That actually came from an old European folklore of, right, <laughs> elves, pixies, fairies, the fae folk, right? It's there. It's a thing. It's, it's a thing. So I'm just saying, I'm, I'm not like sticking it to you and saying, I'm just saying, if you think that's evil, well, I guess maybe the world's evil. 
<laughs> it's a nice parallel of the world. But we're talking about, like I said, this this is this is the most fun type of fun for me. This is the best for me. But again, like I said, I would do Dungeons and Dragons three nights a week, but I would bore you guys to freaking tears. Like you'd just be like, oh, Jesus, this guy's doing Dungeons and Dragons again, right? But I would, do, I, like, I love it. I, like I said, I, I open the books, the source books, the old school source books from like the early 80s, and I'm reading these things, and I just lose hours because there's so much amazing stuff in these books. Anyway, like Axel said, and I agree, everything I learned from the occult and folklore came from Dungeons and Dragons. Now you know. Anyway, we're still taking your calls, uh, talking about this. I got some other stuff I can get to. Of course, I'll burn through this. Uh, this the movies where they actually take the monsters from particular horror movies and assign them a D and D monster. We'll get to that in just a sec. Love to hear your thoughts. Seven zero two nine five seven one zero three seven. Click the Discord link at troubledminds.org. Thanks for all the amazing calls tonight, James. If you got something else to add, James in Michigan, Salcedo Paranormal. What's going on, my man? How are you? How are you? Are you there? Test one two. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I am There we go. I think I had myself muted. Oh, good, man. Hey, I do it too. I got, I got like three, two, three mute buttons. I mess myself up all the time. It's all, all good. I can hear you loud and clear and you're in the right place. Go right ahead. What do you think? You got something else? Yeah, I had a couple of things, and um, just uh, and Jen touched on Jennifer touched on it in her call as well. These shadow beings, figures, um, and even the Grim Reaper like figures. I don't know what they are, of course, but I will say they have been seen by people throughout. Really, the shadow figures, especially throughout time, and up to, and up through today. Um. People have encounters with these things. I've I've seen a shadow figure myself a couple of times, um, and so it really is amazing to me how these this these games are developed, and like you said, like you mentioned, through folklore and through fiction. But also, I wonder how much of that is from an experience someone heard about here or there or had, you know, on their own, and um, especially with the Grim Reaper because. Shadows kind of maybe could be one thing. Some people will say uh, it's your your imagination. Your lights lights and shadows are are um, you know playing tricks with your eyes or whatever. But when it's a, a hooded figure with a skeleton like face and a blade of some kind, pretty sure that's not your eyes making things up. Usually, <laughs> uh, you mean the Grim Reaper just uh, knocked on your door or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> But um, and so these different kinds of hooded figures, some have been seen with 
skeletal faces. Some have been very, almost like your stereotypical Grim Reaper. Others are more, um, you know, vague. And so I just want to bring that up. It's really amazing how all this, it's out there. And again, that comes back to, you know, what are these things? I don't know. I, I imagine some could be tulpas from people's own thoughts, thinking about these things and, 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 um, reading about them, watching shows or playing games, they have them. But, um, I think that there's something that has been, always been around that, uh, that we people experience as well. And so uh, I think that was it. But, yeah, great calls and everything. And I, I normally don't call back a second time, but I just had to point that out. These There are reports of these kinds of things. And it makes you wonder if there are reports of these kinds of shadow figures and or these um, Grim Reaper-type figures, what else is out there that just does not get reported because it just seems too out there. Yeah, yeah, it's a... Uh there's a lot of this I, and i think uh, what jennifer was saying like it, it when you, you know when jennifer calls there's like that uh oh crap there's like she, she calls for like 10 minutes and it's like that's four four or five show ideas <laughs> just what she was saying and i'm not even sure we actually have done a show on shadow people slash dark matter dark energy what if right like add that to the what if bucket because oh shit right that means they're everywhere but yeah fantastic stuff as always james uh always a pleasure james here's the Paris, paranormal expert of troubled minds very good friend of mine it's such a good dude please give him all the follows all, all the love in the in the in link in the description it says follow james here i appreciate it james thanks for popping back in great stuff as always yeah. you were the best just real quick too i think we did touch on that a couple times the shadow figure and the the dark matter, but yeah, I don't know if, if you've done a show on that. Um, so that could be fun. Even just a Grim Reaper kind of show could be fun as well. Yeah. So, amen. but thank you for having me. Yeah, pleasure is all mine. Th- thanks for listening. Thanks for the call. You're the best, brother. And uh, we're doing it. What do you think? Uh, 702-957-1037. We're talking uh, revenants. We're talking liches. We're talking. We're going beyond the zombie tonight. Beyond the zombie. That's what I should have called this show. Beyond the zombie. But uh, a D&D Halloween, basically. There are 185 undead monsters in Dungeons & Dragons. And some of them are absolutely wild. And some of them are absolutely Lovecraftian, right? It gets super weird. But, right, I think uh, looking in terms of those, uh, not everything from Dungeons & Dragons came from folklore, but much of it did. Probably, like, if I had to guess, it was probably 85% or so came from folklore. And then a a bunch more from fiction and some other things. And then, you know, some original work as well. So, I don't know. Like, like to say, to write off D&D as the devil's game, well, we're living in the devil's game then. Uh, Let's go to Derek in Massachusetts. You said you got something else to add, my friend. Go right ahead. The night stucker. As he's, he's you, 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 sorry. No, you're sorry. good. You're working. If you if you need to take a minute yeah. to, to to gather whatever you you do what you got to do, my brother. My brother. Um, just just uh, real quick and a uh, quick calls, everybody. Um, the a couple things that popped in my head when you're talking about the the lich or the leech or whatever it's called. Um, it kind of reminded me of uh, Voldemort in Harry Potter. How he like when he was going to like kind of be killed. Uh, he was like the most powerful magician in all this Harry Potter world and everything, and he was able to like put his essence into like seven or five different things called like the horcruxes so that he his soul is able to um, remain later on and then he's able to like reassemble himself kind of later it's very uh lich like and then um the headless horseman like if um from like sleepy hollow like, like uh, ichabod crane is he kind of like uh is he physical if he's able to like slice your head off with a with a sickle um f seems like it's probably pretty physical so i think he's kind of this like 
cursed to an extent or like serving some type of task to an extent or like the amount of trauma or, or like tie to the to a location or whatever kind of um like doesn't allow you to fully die you're kind of trapped in this nebulous zone where you're fulfilling this duty for somebody like in the in the in the case of the grim reaper or, or red skull from avengers and that kind of stuff or davy jones trying to guide people from one world to the next um and then also like with the with the pieces of like your soul kind of being out there it makes me wonder like are we going to have a type of zombie in the future where like some type of techno cryptid that people are finding online um where like people pieces of their soul are being trapped on the internet and that that type of thing what what type of weird <laughs> Derek, sh- sh- shadow monster is going to come from I've that. got a, I've got a show for the techno cryptid my friend I I've already I've already boom, got boom. it formulating and you just named it the techno cryptid <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll send you yeah. the thing and if you want to be part of it you're definitely welcome uh, I'm boom, guessing boom, yeah. after Halloween because it like makes a little more sense <laughs> sure. but yeah but yeah yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll send you that I'll send you I'll send you the seed ideas cuz holy shit man the techno cryptid yeah, yeah go yeah. ahead <laughs> That's a cool idea. No, it just uh, makes you wonder about the, the kind of James Earl Jones style stuff. Like if, if, if kind of putting your likeness out there is going to, it's going to backfire and then potentially something is going to, is going to brew from that some type of new creature or like, um, I might not have this exactly right, but like, I think the original siren, um, from like the siren mythology or kind of like the harpy mythology that they were, I think originally followers of, um, I'm blanking on who, who, who it is, but there were, there were followers of a certain like Greek goddess or something like that. And then kind of when, when this goddess was punished, then the kind of like these, these followers were like kind of eternally, um, trying to find her basically. And they developed like bird wings and like bird feet and that kind of stuff. And they were these weird half human, half monsters. And then that eventually, changed into like mermaid half 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 women and that kind of stuff but it just some type of like they were kind of just lost to serve some type of function or some type of their soul can't can't be resting and they mutate into not exactly a zombie not exactly a ghost but it's just this weird monster thing that like kind of fits their function of like flying around trying to find something or i don't know and uh you mentioned the underwater thing and i listen to all kinds of like um scary underwater folklore stuff and trying to fall asleep sometimes and um they have something called the dwellers of the deep, which a lot of like divers and like sailors talk about. And that is like a specific type of spirit or, but it's like physical. It's not like a ghost. It's, or it's like that. If you die in the, if you die in the water, if you die in the ocean, um, in certain, certain circumstances that like, it's like almost like a different plane of existence and you, you might be trapped as like a dweller of the deep kind of like eternally yeah made to like kind of yeah. snatch people down to the abyss pretty much yeah yeah, yeah. like there, like there's some like like passing in the water and that's a thing too like like may, maybe that's the water portal stuff you're always talking about so if you pass in the water yeah. there may be a different realm you actually uh end up in real quick but if you got a minute uh you got a you've got yeah. mail my friend or rivers said in the chat what? eric check your messages oh, real right. quick <laughs> if you want to answer. i'll okay, give you okay. a second One if second. you want to read that and be right back we're talking about uh, look we're talking about the undead but not the undead like you're not this is not your mama's undead right this is not your father's undead we're not the zombies we're talking about beyond zombies we're talking about revenants we're talking about liches we're talking about all the rest of it right because again 185 undead monsters from dungeons and dragons itself based on mythology and folklore and that's that's the craziest part there's so much to this that it's worthy of a discussion beyond zombies and i think we probably have room to do 
another one beyond zombies because we got to like six or eight or ten tonight that's it there's yeah, 185 yeah. for crying out loud go ahead if you got the thing if you're not yeah. if not I, and, I and just uh yeah i'm gonna get that real quick i found, I found it but just uh, before i forget it like the idea like to kind of piggyback on the curse thing or whatever or people were sort or, or like kind of dark magic or kind of trying to um go reach beyond your limits or kind of like like acquire some type of power that you're not supposed to have could like trap you inside of a stone or trap you trap you inside like some type of artifact or whatever and you're not you're not dead you're not alive but you're trapped inside some some like stone or vessel or whatever or even like um i know it's not exactly the genie lore but being trapped inside of like a, a lamp or, or whatever this weird nebulous zone where you can't you can but you can't die it's kind of like uneasy that's what reminds me of like the Davy Jones locker type stuff where they're like cursed to wander the sea forever. forever. But, um, Purgatory, Sheol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grab the liberty. Exactly. Take exactly. your time. Take your time. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Okay. Uh, just, just interrupt me whenever you got it. You got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Go ahead. So from Irish lore, the, uh, the Doolahan, um, usually riding a horse and carrying his head. He makes a whip made from a human's, uh, from a human corpse's spine. When he stops riding, a death occurs. He calls out a name at which point the name person immediately dies. He is said to be the embodiment of Krom Dub, Krom Dub, D-U-B-H, Krom Dub, a fraternity god who demanded blood sacrifice in the form of decapitation. His worship ended with the, with the coming of Christianity to Ireland. Frustrated by the loss of his sacrifice, he still roams the roads, calling the names of those doomed to die. And that's the uh, kind of the Irish uh, headless horseman. Um, ah, but yeah, so he's just... Ichabod he's, Crane, he's, yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's like cursed, cursed to ride forever, and when he stops riding, somebody has to die. And it's just, I don't know, the idea of like... With the with the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff, trying to find this treasure and being cursed to to being trapped between the living and the dead because because you I don't know you a punishment or it's just freaky and tripping. It's not exactly a zombie, but it's uh this weird this weird gray zone. Might be even worse than being dead. You know, it's a wraith. Um, it's a wraith. Just, like, like the ring the wraith, exactly. and the past of the dead, and they broke the wraith, and so they're stuck forever until they can ride it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Creepy, creepy stuff. But a uh, great show, Mike. Very spooky Halloween stuff. You're the best. Have a great one. Later, yeah, have a stock, slay that stock. Derek, good friend of mine, good friend of the show, always, Night Stalker. Always. Yeah, hell yeah, I know you do. It's what you do. Uh, links in the description. Give him a follow. Let's make him the only guy on YouTube that has one video and a million followers. All the followers, click the things. Um, good stuff. Thank you, Rivers. A shout out to Rivers out there for listening and for contributing. She's uh, she's always behind the scenes contributing, and uh, I'm not going to mention it. All right. So so thank you, thank you for that. Thanks, Derek, for popping back in. Thanks uh, to uh, James for popping back in. Thank you, Jennifer, for the call there. And look, look, as we do this, I don't know. I don't know. As always, I don't know the answers. We're not done yet, though, because I got I got one thing I want to run through real quick because it's super fun. It looks at some of the monster movies of recent times and uh, attributes them, whatever the, the monster is in the movie, to the D&D lore. All right. So I'm going to go through that real quick and then, and then we'll, we'll, then we'll wrap this up. You got, you guys are all great. Thank you. Thanks for hanging in there. Like I said, thanks for putting up with my shit. That's the most important thing. Cause right. If, if nobody's putting up with my shit, then I'm just rambling to myself in the corner. So thank you very much for that. Thanks for contributing all the great ideas. Thanks for all the, all the amazing thoughts in the chat. I see you guys out there. I'm reading all of it as much as I can. And, uh, let's do this. Let's go to this real fast. Now, this is a pretty fun one. Uh, this is, let's see, uh, we got creepy classes, the monster manual. Nope, nope, nope. Hold on, let me find this. Can undead be killed? Nope, nope, nope. All the ways to become an... Uh, I, I, re I read all kinds of crap. Like like I said, time went so fast. I read pretty quickly because, you know, you, you develop the skill after putting a ton of shows together. You just, like, can just, like, go bam, 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 bam. But where's the, where's the damn thing? There's an actual thing here. Let me find the article. It's, uh... 
actual it's equating real movie monsters to the D&D realm. Let me find this and we'll, we'll do here we go. Nope, that's not it. It's not it. No, oh, there we go. All right. This is from Screen Rant. Let's do this and then we'll finish and we'll wrap this up. This is pretty good. This is 10 movie monsters and their D&D counterparts. All right. Let's do it. Let's wrap let's wrap it with this cuz this is fun as hell. Let's do it. The Wolfman. Let's start here. The werewolf. Perhaps one of the most obvious examples for beginning a campaign, that would be a Dungeons & Dragons game. Uh, Werewolves are some of the most common shape-shifting beings that lurk in the darkness. Although there are multiple ways the creature can be played, played, all all depending on the DM's discretion. The DM is a dungeon master, for you guys that don't know. There's nothing wrong with going back to the classics. Larry Talbot's unwanted lycanthropy would be ideal for a werewolf plot where the creatures are treated more like a curse than chaotic evil beings as they are described in D&D, resulting in a much more complex adventure. Depending on whether or not the transformation is willing, there's no reason a party of adventures can't follow the events of the Lon Chaney Jr. film. Wait, who's what, what movie is this? They didn't even mention. Is this the Wolfman movie? I guess it's the Wolfman, right? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, the Wolfman. There you go. So there you go. There's a lycanthropy. All right, so obviously the Wolfman is the werewolf. We knew this. This, this gets even better. What about Chucky? The doll, the murdering doll. Look at this. When most horror movie buffs think of evil dolls, chances are that Chucky is the first offender that comes to mind. While they may they might be smaller and more flexible in the forms they take, the carrionettes of Ravenloft are much more like the certain red-haired menace than they appear. Along with their certain affinity for sharp objects like their enchanted needles, the carrionettes have the ability to transfer souls from human forms into those of toys, puppets, dolls, and other playthings. All that's missing is a scream of, give me the power, I beg you. So there you go. The monster is the Carrionettes, and uh, there you go, Chucky. So <laughs> did you know Chucky is in D&D? Let's go to Smog the Terrible. We know this one. He's a red dragon. Given the RPG's title, to say that the, the, the dungeons will be explored and dragons will be encountered is essentially a given fact. Smog is a textbook case of a red dragon from D&D. I'm going I'm to skip that one because that's obvious. But also, he is an ancient red dragon. Just in case you're looking this up and want to know, he's not a run-of-the-mill red dragon. He's an ancient red dragon, which is very, very, very different. Uh, Pennywise, you guys know the clown? Here you go. A changeling, or glamour, they call him, from Dungeons & Dragons. Cosmic entities are a complex subject when it comes to monsters in the realms of D&D, but a slightly more grounded version of Pennywise could definitely exist in a horror-themed campaign. Although there isn't a literal translation of what exactly Stephen King's child-eating beast is in monster manual terms, Pennywise does fit the description of a changeling or a corrupted glamour, G-L-A-M-O-R. Both are creatures that shapeshift and polymorph with ease, but the glamour has much more of the unfathomable flavor depicted in the novel. That being said, a changeling has much more flexibility in terms of alignment. Either way, a clown that has the ability to transform into various fearsome visages is certainly possible. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And the realms of D&D. There we go. Gremlins. Oh, yes. Although there's a race of gremlin creatures in the fifth edition of the game, the mischievous creatures seen in Joe Dante's film have much more in common with the Nilbog, N-I-L-B-O-G, than the textual interpretation of their namesake. Just as gremlins begin the film as cute and cuddly mogwai, Nilbog are simply corrupted goblins under a spell or corrupted by trickster spirits. All right, let's go to Imhotep. A lich. Oh, the lich. While mummies are a common type of undead scene in the game, Imhotep better fits the textbook example of a lich. It's true that he does possess some qualities seen with the standard mummies. Imhotep is an undead sorcerer kept alive by magical means. Does that sound familiar? At his core, he is simply an Egyptian interpretation of the zombified spellcaster. Uh, Dracula, of course, is a vampire lord. Uh, Dracula has been retold and reimagined over and over, but even the lesser-known and forgotten vampire movies owe their existence to the version portrayed by Bela Lugosi in the Universal Studios production. Of course, he's a Dracula, he's a vampire lord. The most obvious, how about Amphibian Man? Del Toro's Shape of Water. Let's skip that, because I don't know what that is. You may... So if we have objections, smash in the chat. Objection, objection. Jason Jason Voorhees. Ah, Jason from Friday the 13th. Cue, cue the thing. If I had my piano up, I'd play the thing. I can play the thing. Anyway, there are a handful of ways to classify the very scary Jason Voorhees in a D&D setting. All very much undead and violent, but only one creature from beyond the grave fits the bill for a classic Friday the 13th movie. At his core, Jason is an undead, unkillable, vengeful creature who can rip and tear his way through anyone who disturbs his ground. Applied to a setting like Forgotten Realms, he would be called a revenant. Uh-oh. Yep, exactly, right? And then, of course, at the bottom here, this is what I referenced earlier when Derek called Frankenstein's Monster. While most golems in the game are often created by animated statues or humanoids constructed of other elements... Certain necromancers and magic users have the habit of creating flesh golems, undead constructs composed of bits and pieces of various corpses to create one massive monster. If that sounds familiar, it's because the creature was directly influenced by Frankenstein's monster. There we go. There we go. Is that Halloween enough for you? I don't know. I think, uh, like I said, if you if you try and apply Dungeons and Dragons to everything, I'm in. I'm in. This is what I'm all about. What's up? Uh, is it going to be an after show in Discord? I can't, I can't speak for everybody, but uh, I will be back. Yes, definitely. I'll be here. It's one of the nights I can be here, so definitely. So uh, if you got no time right now, uh, like I said, I would uh, actually, I, I told Tam Bam I'd go a little late for her if you want to you make sure. All right, what else do we got? There's some more stuff here. Let me read this real quick. The Amphibian Man. I don't know what this is. Anybody know what this is? Triton? So the Amphibian Man from Del Toro's The Shape of Water. Anybody seen this movie? Might not be a true monster in the eye, uh, eyes of some fans. So it makes sense that the creature that resembles the aquatic life form seen in the movie, the, the most aren't monsters at all. Instead, they are a race of water dwellers who bear a striking resemblance to the finned leading man. Depending on how a player or a DM interprets them, the Triton race can be as humanoid or aquatic as they desire. While it would certainly be easy to cast him as a merman or related creature, the more, much more fish-like species better fits his description and behavior. There you go. That's the one I skipped. You got it all. No, no objections. 
No, objection denied. Objection denied. What's up, guys? Uh, let's see. That uh, Love Gary Oldman as Dracula became one of my favorites. What's up, Jen? Yeah, watch Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, the, 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 the remake, right? Good stuff. Good stuff. What's up? What's up, APOC? What's up? What's going on, guys? Uh, Larry says, are we going to address the 905 Pokemon monsters? I don't know. Look, I'm sorry. I don't know anything about Pokemon. <laughs> I know there's a yellow one called Pikachu. That's about all I know. And that there's no such character as a Pokemon. They're all Pokemons. That's all I know about Pokemon. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I did. Uh, so though, interestingly, uh, who brought it up? Somebody brought it up tonight on a call. Uh, Ichabod Crane and the the, uh, the Headless Horseman. I almost started with that and then rolled that into D&D. But I thought, ah, fuck it. We'll just do uh, we'll just do Undead because there's so many other things that you can get to that are pretty amazing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, as, as it goes, as we do this thing, I'm going to hang out a little bit just because, because uh, one, number one, I can talk. Number two, I told uh, Tam Bam I'd go late for her. If she doesn't want to call in, Tam Bam, let me know if you're going to call or not. If, if so, I'll stall. I got stalling tactics. I could play some music. I could, uh, I could ramble on and get to some other articles here. What's up? Uh, shout out to Larry in the chat too, over on uh, YouTube there. He's been with us for a long time. He, he's, he's been listening back on uh, Facebook, back where we were still on uh, Facebook. And uh, yeah, there we go. Your boy's on Ryan's show in a little bit. Oh, that's right. There you go. There's the, uh, the actual, uh, the, the, the. Hey, so we basically, uh, uh, we basically rolled this up into a, like a perfect sort of situation where as we finish here, since we're not on the fringe FM, we can say this, <laughs> uh, at, uh, exactly 10 o'clock tonight, 10, 10 PM, uh, the nice doctor is going to be on, uh, the, the Ryan Gable show, Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. You can find that out, groundzero.radio, I think, is the, the, the thing. I would say talk stream live, but uh, I'm not going to bring that up because it's probably a, uh, the sore spot. But that that's where you should be able to find it, but it's not there. I think it's groundzero.radio. Uh, so check it out. Uh, the Night Stalker. Derek the Night Stalker is going to be on the Ryan Gable show tonight. Talking about, as a matter of fact, I even got your teaser here. Let me, let me drop the teaser in the chat because I got it. I got it. I saw it on the Twitter. This is what it's going to be about. So if you if you guys are into more, 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 well, maybe you get more, 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 more Halloween madness with Derek and Ryan. Let's see. Oh, come on, do the thing. Oh, come on. UMFer. Come on. There we go. Copy link. There we go. I think I did the wrong I did the wrong thing. My fault entirely. There you go. It's called Mischief Night in the Zeitgeist with Derek the night stalker the secret teachings.info and of course you can find it live on ground zero dot radio i believe is where you find that correct me if i'm wrong there derek and uh yeah there you go coming up at uh approximately 14 minutes from now so there you go just in case you want to go hit the loop grab yourself a snack and uh smash some more amazing halloween type content well there you go there you go. What's up, Dammit Ronald? I've uh, been listening for about three years. First tuned in on Facebook. Indeed, uh, Dammit Ronald's been with us for a long time. I'm still waiting to get the bloody child out the door. The day you wait for me is the day my kid is late. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, it's all fine. It's all fine. We're going to uh, groundzeromedia.org, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's up on the thing. Here, this is the, uh, here's the topic right here. There you go. Derek's going to be on the secret teachings with Ryan Gable. There it is. There it is. Yes, uh, and we're we're also doing a show with James and myself on the 29th. That's coming. That's a Saturday. So that will be the Saturday before Halloween. So Halloween's going to be a Monday night. But Saturday, James and I are doing a special bonus show. So we'll do that as well. So you can book that on a Saturday if you're into that. 
And let's see. Uh, da, 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 that's for true. Yep. Uh, yep. It's fine. I think we're good. Uh, Pokemon, the pocket monster always makes me giggle. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, maybe that's why I never got into it because I was into other, you know, pocket monsters at that point. If you know what I'm saying? Not the video game ones. But uh, in any case, uh, yeah. Ah, it's fine. It's fine. Derek, you're allowed, man. You're allowed. You're allowed. Hey, it's all good. All right. So, uh, so there we go. So what we'll do is, uh, you're really kind, but if you have to go, Hey, it's fine. Hey, it's fine. You, you let me know if you're like, if you're like, uh, grotesquely behind, then, uh, yeah, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take one more break and, uh, wait for, give Tam Bam a minute to catch her breath and, uh, maybe take this right up to the nub of 10 PM where the Ryan Gable show comes on and you can listen to the, us to the very end of this. And then Ryan and Derek right at the end of that. So let me play this right here. A little bit of extra music and be right back. More Trouble Wines coming up. Let's give Tam Bam a minute to get the kid out the door and uh, see if she's got time for us and uh, be right back. More Trouble Wines coming up. Don't go anywhere. How's that for a rain delay? Hey, sometimes you got to just have some bumper music, bumper music ready to roll. There you go. Hey, that's uh, like I said, hey, I, I promised. I cut, I cut short look because some nights for me are better to stay stay late and other, other nights I, I just got shit to do so you know like schedules and whatnot so so uh, no offense uh, so don't please don't take personal offense if I if I cut you out in the discord chat in about 10 minutes in 10 minutes the night stalker show is going to be on Tam Bam you're 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 stretch you're stretching stretching it here okay here's the thing let's uh, we'll kill it we'll we'll meet Tam Bam in the after show and I'll have the uh the Derek show playing in the background kind of like we do with the music. So we'll do that. We'll meet everybody there if you want to hang out with us. Uh Tam Bam, we're uh, we're we're getting past into the fourth hour. I'm uh, I'm getting too old for that shit, if you know what I mean. So uh so it's okay. So if you if you want me to go late, typically like I said, here's the problem. And this is why I didn't want to do this cuz I knew that typically uh, if we cut shows short, we would basically be cutting Tam Bam out of them. And I feel horrible about that because she's fantastic. But uh, there you go. I, I don't know. Like, right? Like, you, you can't have all the things all the time. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to kill it. And then uh, we'll uh, we'll catch, catch up with Tam Bam in the Discord if you guys want to hang out a little bit. Uh, TroubledMinds.org. Click the Discord link. I will I will find the Derek show and be playing it in the Discord if you want to just pop in there and listen with us. And we'll turn it down low and we can talk and uh, react and uh, tell Derek he's the best ever because he's definitely the best ever. So there we go. Let's do it. Let's GTFO. Smashing this button. And let's go. Let's go. I can't wait another 10. I got shit to do, including, well, hit the loo, take the dog out, get her her S-T-I-C-K, because I can't say the word, because she'll lose her shit if I do. And uh, there you go. And uh, there you go. All right. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for being part of this. You guys know the drill. Uh, please follow Tam Bam. Speaking of Tam Bam, links in the description down below. Uh, it says follow Tam Bam here. She's got an Instagram. She's got a TikTok. There you go. There you go. Do the thing. She's a, she's an influencer, right? Hey. 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 Appreciate it. Let's get the hell out of here. Have a fantastic weekend, guys. Don't forget, uh, in 10 minutes or so, uh, six minutes, we will be on with, uh, not on, on live, but we'll be listening in the Discord uh, to Derek's show with uh, Ryan Gable of Secret Teachings. You can jump in the Discord and come listen with us there. We'll be there with Tam Bam and whoever else decides they want to show up. You know where to find us, troubledminds.org. Click the Discord link. Thanks for being part of this, guys. Thanks for all the amazing chat. Thanks for all the amazing calls. I can't thank you enough. And, of course, right, uh, first and foremost, thank you, thank you, thank you for spending your energy with us. Like I said, we get a caller in, different energy, different ideas. It changes things. You see what happens when you get, you know, five, six, seven, eight, ten people over a couple, three hours 
kicking around an idea like a soccer ball, you, you, you get a ton more out of it. It's not just me reading some crappy internet sites, right? So so there we go. So there's that. So anyway, so if you want to help the show, we're done. The bad news is we're done. The good news is, God willing, we got tomorrow. That's for Jay in New York. If you want to help the show, there are a number of ways. Number one, sub up on Rockfin. It's the best value. You get the most out of it, right? It, it sends me crypto, and they don't take a huge fee. So basically, most of that 10 bucks goes to me. And you get not only the all the, uh, the archived full shows on Troubled Minds, which basically aren't available anywhere else, nowhere else, only on Rockfin. Not only do you get that, you get all the rest of the stuff on Rockfin. You get, you name them. You get Sam Tripoli, you get uh, Abby Martin, you get Michael Tracy, you get Jimmy Dore, you get Crow777, you get, again, you get the, the Charlie Robinson, the Union of the Unwanted, you get the Joe Roop stuff he's putting up there now, J- Jess Rogie's on there, you get all of their bonus stuff, you get all of it, all of it. Best value, Rockfin. Second, Patreon. Third, buy me a coffee. Fourth, Twitch. They take 45%. Make that of it, which will. You can sub up on with Amazon Prime if you've already paid for that. If you have questions, let me know. Uh, fifth, Troubled Minds merch. Hats, shirts, maybe juice mugs. All that shit's there at troubledfans.com. The final way, if you don't have money or don't want to spend money, it's fine. It's fine. You can still help. Spread the word. Share these shows on Facebook groups, share them on Reddit, text them to your friends, whatever you can. Do the thing, right? You can just share the shows. It's got the share buttons and shit. Smash the thumbs ups. That helps. Uh, I'm told. <laughs> I'm, I'm told. But it only takes a second, so that's that's one way to help. Uh, the, the final way is to listen to the podcast feed. It's monetized. It's got limited commercial interruption. It's 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 sort of brief, brief versions of the shows without the chattering in between. So there's that, right? Please listen on Good Pods if it's all the same discoverability matters and you get uh, it's all free did i mention it's all free all that stuff is free if you listen to the podcast feed all right let's gtfo it goes exactly like this be sure be strong be true thank you for listening from our troubled minds to yours have a great night see you in a few minutes on the discord playing Derek and ryan with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.